Ah, well, it's finally... Oh, well, that's uh, quite an outfit, hon. Yeah, well, I know we've been talking about this episode for for a few months, and uh, I thought it was finally, you know, I should I should I should be prepared for the the special situation. I mean, this certainly is a special situation, and um, you've well, you've <laughs> well, well, I've, I, well, you seem a little a little surprised. So I've got the tomato sauce bottle outfit. Y- yes, and I've brought and the, the bottles of tomato sauce with me. Yes, and you've got some l- adorable little tomato sauce earrings. Yeah, exactly. Is, is that a little pendant you've got there? Yeah, a little tomato sauce pendant and a new tattoo. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, we've been waiting for this episode for months. I, 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 I'm just very excited for the for the catch up episode. The catch up episode. This is the the catch up epi- episode, hun. Oh, probably shouldn't have got the tattoo. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, uh, we're wifey types, we talk about media we've consumed in the past, well, usually it's in the past week. Uh, Mm. This this week, we're talking about, like, many, many, many months of media. Months of media. Because you might have noticed... We've been avoiding talking about a lot of the things we've been watching uh, as as of the uh, last few months. What? What? Because there was, like, a whole strikey thing yeah, going on. Yeah, there was the, uh, the Writers Guild of America strike, and then also the SAG-AFTRA strike. And, yes. Uh, at least at the moment when we are recording this, neither of those strikes is ongoing. My goodness, can you imagine if that, that was the reason this week's episode didn't go up? Uh, <laughs> look, I mean... I, I feel like should another movie industry strike occur, I think we can probably put one episode out and go, okay, and we're back into the respecting the strike closet. I mean, I would, I would be willing to not put this episode out. I'd, I'd be willing. On, to, I'd on, be, yeah, uh, ahead of Sunday if it happens before Sunday. I'd be willing to, but I, I look. If we do go back into if strikes start again, I don't think they're going to start again within the next five days. I think it'll be at least a week before we're back in. But at the moment, but also support support union, union exactly. Strong. But at this moment, we are not in a strike, so no. uh, we we've got a bunch of things we've watched over the last many we many have. many so, many months. So uh, the, as as usual, definitely, definitely as usual, let's talk about some of the things we've watched. Yeah, what have we watched? yeah. Where do we start? I gotta I gotta scroll up. There's quite a big list. Um, it's a long list. Well, should we start by talking about something that came out just after the WGA strike started? Uh, that that we was both the first saw. strike, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, so that was the first one that kicked off. Yes. Uh, uh, we both watched the Barbie movie. We did separately together. Indeed, we I both went, went on the same day. Yeah, we watched in different cinemas on the same day for various reasons. But uh, yeah, what did you think of the Barbie movie? Um. Initially, I was enjoying bits of it. I I appreciated the uh, the musical number at the the beginning that does that thing of comedy musical number in a movie that's a bit self aware of uh, the movie itself. Yep, and the the sort of twist when that is repri- reprised is very fun. Yes, yeah, appreciated that. I um, it was a lot better than I thought any film. Like that had any right to be, I'll be honest. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and and that's no shade to, to anyone involved. It, I, to be honest, I just thought it was going to be like a fun, light-hearted, a bit silly, 
some stuff for the kids because you know it's a toy product yeah maybe some stuff for the adults (laughs) um there was a bit near the end that we'll probably talk about once once you've had a chance to talk about some of your summary stuff that made me genuinely quite angry for at least a couple of minutes (laughs) yeah yeah um but overall, uh, from what I can remember, it's been a while, and I, I probably should have made notes at the time for just this very episode. Yeah. But um, like overall, I think, it, yeah, it's it's a bit um, my first feminism. But you know, may, maybe maybe we need a bit more my first feminism for a younger generation. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I largely mirror you on thoughts on this. So. Um, I, I thought the film was aesthetically gorgeous. Oh yeah, they did um, a great job. I uh, really appreciated that, um, like the pool was a sticker. <laughs> yes, the the practical set design and the sort of adherence to the reality of this make believe world was was very very enjoyable. Um, I think that yeah, for for a film that is like it's walking the line between um, comedy, uh, baby's first feminism. And toy commercial that is vaguely self-aware about the problems with its own brand. Yes. I think it walked that line about as well as a thing like this could. Mm. And it was simultaneously more of a critique of, you know, Barbie as a brand than I expected it to be, while still having some glaring problems we'll get to in a second. Um, but... Yeah, I I feel about like the the way that this this film's feminist messaging is similarly to the other week when I was talking about um um that that Taylor Swift song um like a man I think it was called where I was like sure it's baby's first feminism a little bit but it's still weirdly empowering in a way where I'm like hell yeah in the moment um, it's weird I thought about the Barbie movie again recently when you went to go and see that Taylor Swift concert because you were showing me all the pictures of the the set that was yes. like a big open house. I was like, they recycled some Barbie movie set. There is some similar vibes. Um, yeah, I, I think it's undeniable. We're far enough out from the film that I can say uh, the speech that is given like around the final act where it is um, ju- just a woman having a conversation about the difficulties of womanhood was like... Ap- Absolutely beautifully done, and like there was just a solid couple of minutes there were during that speech where the whole room in my screen it was like, yep, 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 you're saying the words. You, I can't remember. Did you go sort of early in the morning like I did? Yeah, so I went to a pretty early screening, and lots and lots and lots of people in in outfits dressed up. Okay. Um, one of those kind of screenings. It was. I didn't see lots of people in outfits, but I did see a lot of baby queers, and I was like, yeah. yay. It it was that 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 screening was like a weirdly magical experience. Like despite any of the problems, and we will get into some of them in a second. Like going going with like my group of female friends to a mostly women screening where everyone had dressed up. There was a real vibe of like solidarity and shared experience that is weirdly rare to have in a cinema experience. Like it's rare that I go see a film and it feels like I am watching it with the other people there, mm. if that makes any sense. Beyond the people um, you went with. Yeah, and, like, specifically, like, going and seeing this film that had a trans person as, like, a trans woman as one of the Barbies, and that was just, like, not made a big deal at all. It was just a thing that existed. It was a weirdly solidarity-feeling experience. Mm. Um, there's a lot about that film I love. I think the place where it's let down the most is that its ending, um, it gets away 
It, it, it manages to get away with none of the men who caused the film's biggest problems having to apologise or actually do anything about their actions, and that's kind of frustrating. Yes. Like, I think we can talk a little spoilery about it because of how far out it is. I think we can talk a little spoilery. I think everyone who was going to go and see it has probably found a way of watching it by now. Yeah. So, like, the easy one of those to talk about is the film does do some criticism of the fact that Mattel's board of directors is a bunch of cis-straight white men. Yeah, it was... I I was genuinely surprised by how much it was willing to be like, yup, we're going to address this actual issue about um, the the company, like Mattel specifically. Yeah, and like that, you know, kind of worked. I just wish that the film hadn't ended on it is still a boardroom of cis-straight white men and they've made no changes to that boardroom and they haven't acknowledged that no changes have happened. Mm. And the other one is... Ken, because here's how I look at that film looking back on it. Um, Barbie apologises at the end of that film to Ken going, I'm sorry that I made you feel unloved and that the consequence of that was you taking all women's rights away. And Ken goes, thank you for apologising for making me feel unloved. Like, he never fucking apologises for taking the rights of all women away. Yes. He, it really, there is a, there is a little bit of me that when I watch the end of that film goes, I was um, genuinely angry at that scene. It really, it really feels like the unspoken undercurrent there is, it's okay that he did that because you didn't, you, he pumped kindness coins in and you didn't love him back and therefore it's okay he took all your rights away. And it's such, it, all it would have needed is an apology from Ken as well, and I, I think I would have been a lot more, like, unanimously positive about this film. Yeah. Buddy, you might be Ken off, but you did not actually apologise. So. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it is frustrating, but it's not enough for me to not o- overall think it's a really fantastic film for something that is ultimately just an advert for a toy. Hmm. But also, is Will Ferrell the like the CEO of all of the toy companies? <laughs> he's evil. He's evil CEO adult in toy film. That's really just that it? is just the job he does. New typecasting. Yeah, but yeah, as as a film about like the expectations placed on women and the trouble that comes from trying to picture womanhood outside of a lens you've been fed, it's. It's more ambitious than I expected of it. Also, if you are someone who is an icon who has never stepped outside your own bubble and believing all your own hype. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fascist. I don't control the railways. <laughs> uh, yes. It, it was funny, it was sweet, it was very well paced. Yes. Um, th- There was a lot to love about it, even if, like, when you take a step back from it, you go... You can see the places where they were like a like so many men were so upset about that film. Be like, oh, it's such a it's a man hating film. I'm like, men, this <laughs> this film treated you with such fucking kid gloves. Yeah, it it, it let you walk away without apologizing for for the patriarchy. You, this is not a man hating film. This is a. The film very much felt like a well, well, you know, well, men sometimes feel bad too, so maybe it's okay that they sometimes do a patriarchy. It's like, no, fuck off. Mm. 
I, 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 I have a complicated relationship with it, but I do enjoy that film. Yeah, I, I, I think there was a lot to enjoy about it. Um, yeah. But also acknowledging that it has, it has its problems. Yeah. Maybe I, I hope that any of the parents who walked out of those cinemas with their, their kids were like, okay, now we need to, yeah. should we have a conversation about I mean, That being said, it, it was really nice walking out of that cinema and just like, the, 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 the energy and the level of conversation coming out of that screening was really lovely. Mm. It, it, it did feel like an event film in a way that like, I, I, I talked to you a little bit about it after, after having watched it. It's rare to have that feeling of like the big film that everyone is talking about and that like was a big event to go see and it not just be another superhero film. Mm. It's nice to have such an explicitly like aimed for women film be that big tempo release and feel like that big event. Yeah. Doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Barbie? Um, sadly, not that I can remember. It's been a while. Um, we did talk about possibly trying to see if we could watch it again before recording this, but we just it's, didn't have the time. I mean, look, even if we had had rewatched it, the problem is we've watched so many things. It, it's going to be a long episode as it is. It is. Yeah. Um, um, so tell us about another thing you watched. Uh, well, I'm going to go through this list in the order I remembered things when the stri- it was announced the strike was tentatively over. Yes. Um, I watched A Haunting in Venice. A Haunting in Venice. Uh, which is a Poirot film that came to the cinema. Poirot. Uh, yes. Not but- with David Suchet. No, no. I uh, I forget the new actor's name, but he's very good in the role. He 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 does a very good Poirot. Um, but yes, this is, this is a new Poirot film that came out uh, in it. Poirot has retired. He no longer wishes to do all his uh, detective work. He just wants to have a quiet little calm down. He's living so he's out of the game. He's out of the he game. He just gets pulled back in for one yeah, more he gets case. Pulled, yeah, he gets pulled back in for one more case, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's, li- he's living in Venice, and an old friend he hasn't seen in a while is like, Hey, look, I'm not asking you to come on a case. Exactly. Ah. <laughs> but there is this person who claims to be able to talk to the dead, and I went and saw her, and I can't explain how she's doing what she's doing. Right. Um, will you come with me as the the most intelligent skeptic I know to, like, watch this and try and, like, tell me how she's doing this, because I don't understand how she's doing it. Was it cold um, reading? Uh, oh, there's a... I, I don't want to get into the, into okay. the mystery. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of layers of shit going on in this film. Yeah, I do remember you coming back and telling me, like, oh, it, it was interesting that, unlike BBC Sherlock, that you, <laughs> you, you, you had little mysteries throughout to sort of unravel, and the information was there for the audience if yes. you wanted to, and you did it, feel kind of clever, but then it also went, ah, oh, but there is more. Yes. It, Let us get to the next level. It was a very, very good film if you enjoy a mystery where, like, it gives you enough clues to, like, maybe ten minutes before a reveal have gone, I, be- I bet that's where it's going. And then it happens, but you're like, you're like, I know it's going to be this. I don't know exactly why. I'm missing some of the pieces. Mm. And you're like, oh, you did tell me that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but also, yeah. there is apparently now more. Yeah, like, I, I saw a few things coming. Um, and I felt got to feel satisfied that I had predicted those things, and then it caught me with a couple more twists that, like, I hadn't even thought about yet. Um, and it, it does a good job of layering, like, here's a motive, that's kind of obvious, but the why and the how, and, like, e- even if you work out one bit of a mystery, there's other elements of it that are hmm. less obvious. Nice. Um, it was a fantastically acted and fantastically tense film, um, considering that a lot of it is set in one uh one building in the middle of a torrential storm so no one can leave in the middle of the night okay. um they they do some very good stuff with 
getting you very familiar with this one location and this one set of rooms. Mm. And then... So you should be able yeah. to notice if something's wrong. Exactly. It's, it's given you enough of a sense of this one one space that like you can follow the mystery within it. Okay. Um, but yes, it is uh, uh, allegedly uh, a, little, a little girl died here, and... Mm. Uh, a seance is being done to try and uh, find find out. Hey, did you die naturally, or did someone kill you? And then a bunch of killings start happening, and Poirot has to Poirot. Poirot gonna Poirot. Yeah, it it. I I don't want to say too much about it because how like, germaphobic did he get played? Because I know he's always been a bit. Um, I don't know if it's in the book because I've never read yeah. any of the books, but I know that um, David Suchet played Poirot as as like. It, a bit sensitive to like germs and spaces. I know people defi- talk about being autistic, possibly. It, but... It's it's been a while since I watched it. He definitely still has that trait. I remember one very specific. Mm, okay, at least two specific scenes of him uh, washing his hands mm. uh, quite quite intently. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's very tonally faithful to what I expect out of Poirot, mm. while feeling like a very modern, well put together detective film. It. It most closely reminded me of um oh what's the um uh the the pair of detective mysteries that um with Benoit Blanc Benoit Blanc I cannot tell you the name of the series no. oh uh, knives out no Kn- knives out and its sequel uh yes it it felt like those in how it paced and structured its well put together yeah. mystery I mean given that, that that is very much based on those sort of Agatha Christie type yeah. books and those um Solve the mystery yeah. of the the, the mansion yes. thing, and I, I mean in the sense of like the way that like Glass Onion and Knives Out are very clearly inspired by that same source mm. material, but like feel like a modern pacing of that yeah. kind of thing. This felt like that kind of maybe maybe a little less of the comedy, mm. but it was that that sort of pacing of of mystery handling. Yes, uh, it's it's well worth a watch, even if you don't particularly know Poirot. They do a good job of basically summarizing. He was a world famous detective. He doesn't want to do it now. They pulled him back in. There you go, detective. As I understand it, Poirot sort of falls into that um, sort of Sherlock Holmes thing of you don't have to have read any of the yep. others. It's just a hey, do you want to pick up, it, up a mystery? As, as someone novel? who remembers very little of any specifics of anything, Poirot, I had a perfectly good time with this. I, I remember my nan used to like Poirot, but no one else in the house watched it as a kid, yeah. and. It's never been something that's been on. Like I watched a lot of Bar- Basil Rathbone, um, Sherlock Holmes, yes. in the like two thousands or mid two thousands. But um, yeah, never, never managed Poirot. Yeah, I would definitely watch this one again if you at some point want to want to watch it because yeah, it was a very enjoyable like a little mystery. mystery. Uh, what about you? What have you? What watched? have I watched? Well, it's, it's far less less uh, interesting than than your mahusive list. <laughs> um, but uh, we we could talk about when we watched very very recently. Oh yes, we've, we've seen that there, the Marvels. We did a film that has apparently been <laughs> weirdly divisive. Men I wonder ha- why men hate this film. <laughs> I, the, I women th- women of color and and cats yeah. and emotions and family. What? Yes. So uh, the Marvels is the next. Marvel Cinematic Universe film. It's Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and um, I forget. Is it Spectrum? Uh, it's Monica Rambeau. I can't. Yeah. I don't actually know what. I don't know if she settled on a hero name in she the hasn't, end, but yeah. And I think that character, yeah. I believe in. Like I don't actually know, but I believe from the comics has yeah. had several different superhero names. Yes. Ca- Captain Rambeau. I think she went by through most of uh, yes. most of the film. Not uh, Lieutenant Trouble. Yeah. Um. 
I really fucking like this film. I loved it. Um, it made me laugh so much, and that's been very much needed of late. Yes. Um, I'm really, really glad that of those three characters that get to be this ensemble, I'm glad that Miss Marvel gets to be as big of a part of it as she does. Yes. Um, because and also it's lovely yeah. to see the the rest of the family because yes. that hot. That that whole unit, uh, uh, they're just beautiful together, and especially being thrown into sort of like catastrophic, um, big chaos stuff, and sort of being like on the scenes of it, yes. being like very like, you be careful now. There is another superhero <laughs> film I will talk about after this, probably yes. that, that that this kind of reminded me of. But again, I'm really glad that they they are keeping um, Kamala Khan's family as part of her stories because it they are such an integral part to like her relationship to the rest of the world. Yes. Um but yeah, it I think they did a pretty good job of this as an ensemble film. I think they did a good job of giving um the three characters like their own things that were going on mm-hmm. that were connective narrative and emotional beats. Yep. Um I I don't think it's a spoiler to say from because the trailer made a big point of this. There is a whole portion of this film where where there is a gimmick where anytime one of them uses their power they swap places and that i think made for some really fun scenes even if it wasn't utilized in the final act maybe as effectively as it could have been i think it was difficult especially given what i have heard about the marvel's um production timeline (laughs) because i know that it got swapped it was originally supposed to come out before quantum mania and then got shifted to the the latter half of the year. I can't. I assume we talked about Quantum Mania at some point because I think the that was, wasn't on yeah, that. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, and I'd heard that this had been through a lot of rewrites, and as a result, had ended up being a di- bit disjointed. But like the story was entirely yeah. followable. It didn't like. I did spend sit there for the most part going. I cannot remember the name of the Kree. Is it? I kept going. Is it the Krull? No, because I think I'm I'm getting it. It's a K sound, but I'm also getting yeah. mixed with the scroll, and it's I, not the scroll. I, I think the biggest problem this film has, and it's a problem that like a lot of Marvel films have had sporadically through through the years, mm-hmm. is I don't think the villain was particularly strong. I I think that what they wanted was an understandable goal, and I I think that they they there was some some decent performance, but I think that like. There was a bit of a problem of the, um, not having enough scenes for them to be the big center of attention beyond I'm doing the plan. Yes. Like, I am, um, it's, it does sort of fall into the st- some of the stuff we saw with the, um, I can't remember what they were called, the, the, uh, from, um, the Not Captain America show. Oh, uh, Bucky oh and Falcon and the Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yes. Um, that show of like we we've got this villain that's supposed to be a little bit like uh, <laughs> um understandable and you you were supposed to sort yeah. of a, a, not so much a two dimensional yeah. ha 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 yes. i'm here to destroy everything it's, it's it's good you pointed out falcon and the winter soldier because it is specifically that you're supposed to empathize with the villain but then we're going to make them do a bit of a terrorism just to like you can't empathize with them too much for yes and like i i don't remember i don't like there there was there was a scene in this where it was like do you remember this character that they got some rubble chucked on them at one point in the in the last <laughs> captain marvel film 
And it's like, I honestly don't remember the last Captain Marvel yeah. film well enough. And maybe that's my fault for not having, like, refreshed myself on before going to the cinema. But, like, I didn't really remember her at yeah. all. I just thought, like, the, initially, cool, powerful. You've done something yeah, interesting. No. Um, uh, it's not a, an, another big random guy who's yeah. a strange colour. Yeah. Um, I think... I think the thing this film surprised me with most is how funny it was. Yes. It is the most I've, like, laugh out loud, like, laughed yes. in, in the cinema for we a We were cackling for film. a good minute and a half. Oh, yeah. There, there, was a, there was a few, like, really <laughs> solid bits that just got us giggle, giggle fit, yeah. fitting. Uh, there... There is um, one extended sequence with some music, maybe two thirds of the way in, that uh, oh. fucking lost it. Um, like this, the film—it's it, the most fun I've had with a Marvel film in a while. Yes, it, it reminded me of like some of the earlier Guardians of the Galaxies in terms of being just like a fun superhero film. Like I, I have never had that particular relationship with Guardians of the Galaxy, but I do know what you mean about like. Just the more fun ones, like um, Deadpool has, yeah, yeah. has like more fun city moments uh, while also being like, a, you know, I was going to say more mature, but uh, a more not for kids yeah. type show. Uh, also, th- uh, the Marvels opens with an animated sequence. Yes, uh, that I is... would watch all yeah. the shit out um, I don't want to describe it, but I would watch an entire full length motion picture animated in that art style. Yeah. It, it it was gorgeous. Um, I mean, there there's also some of that stuff captured from the Ms. Marvel show yeah. and and things that people will obviously know about um, Kamala as a character. There's some obviously this is Kamala finally meeting Captain Marvel, yes. and there is some interesting growth on that whole thing. Of, yeah, like I I don't know. I've not managed to read far far enough through um, the Ms. Yeah. Marvel comic books to know just if that happens when that happens how that goes but it was just nice to have moments of like i'm still really into you as a person but i do have to realize you are a person i'm glad we had some of this because they've done it in a very different way like i i know there's at least one of the comics where like the way that miss marvel's handled uh and this is the one that i always think about is uh, in in some of the comics, her power isn't like projecting light; it's physically transforming and stretching and like yes. transforming her body. And one of the first things she does, like early on, is she makes herself look more like Captain Marvel. Yes, and it it's this whole little story thread about like being being okay with her own appearance and not feeling like she'd be more acceptable and more attractive if she looked more like this tall blonde white woman. Yes, and again, I it, it her relationship with her like. A little, exce- a little bit excessive, perhaps, admiration of Captain of, of Captain Marvel is a really nice thing to see them like address and make a narrative thread mm. out of. And I like how they handled it here. Yeah, I think they handled it really well. It was really interesting. I loved uh, a lot of the costume changes. Oh yeah, there was one in particular that we talked about sort of quite early on, but one one we didn't, or one, or a couple we talked about less is um, Ms. Marvel's costume yes. change. Um, that is a really cool outfit, and with the uh, the added scarf mm. and the the way that scarf was brought in was like that's really cool and fits very nicely with the character. And uh, yeah, I I want more Miss Marvel. 
Yeah. But also, more than anything, this film's made me want to... Uh, some kind of Squirrel Girl TV right. show or film, please. Right. please. Uh, <laughs> last thing I will say, I was really impressed at how good of a job they did of making Captain Marvel get around that Superman power set problem of... Not feeling completely overpowered for the situation, mm. but also not just taking the powers away entirely. Yes. The powers were uh, limited in a certain context, but not limited at all in others, in a way that was logically, narratively consistent, and made her a part of the, the rest of the ensemble. Yes, she was able to still feel very powerful still compared feel, to the rest of the team. Yeah, still feel like overpowered compared to the rest of the team... At certain things, yeah. but not in all ways so that you can have an ensemble. Also, I would like to see more with Monica Rambo because yeah, wasn't a big part of um, WandaVision. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a huge thing. It was just like, aha, we've, here, here is a new superhero we've, we've, yes. we've conjured out of this wall. And was <laughs> definitely, of the three characters here in the Marvels, was definitely... The most supporting of the three. The least front and centre, I think. I think that is easier to do when there is a whole thread of, um, pissed at you. Yes. <laughs> and I, f yes, yes. There's a lot about her arc that sort of explains why that is the case. Yes. Uh, but I want to know more about this character. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I did... If there's one of those three characters I went away wanting to know more about and see more of, it was her. Yes. Um, but yeah, the Marvels was, I thought, pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I hope we do get more fun, silly stuff with... Um, yeah, Disney don't... Because they keep threatening to be like, we're gonna, we're gonna bring back all the old Avengers, cause that, that's what the people like. No, that's what grumpy internet trolls want. It's what people, want it's what people say they want. That's like, well, this, yeah, it feels like the kind of thing that get, got fucking, um, Morbius re-released in the cinema. Right, right. <laughs> Don't listen to those people. Did uh, you not learn from the last thing? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna jump in here and talk about a thing I watched that, uh, uh, I only want to talk a little bit about it, but I feel like it's relevant to talk about right after the Marvels. I watched the DC superhero film Blue Beetle. Of all the recent DC movies post um, Shazam, that is that is the one that has been most interesting to me. Well, and again, because the uh, the trailer looked like we're doing something a bit more lighthearted and less grimdark. Yes. So the general gist is. A person ends up being given an artifact, not because he's supposed to have it, but because the person who, person who has it is like, ah, shit, people are going to find I've got it. Quick, uh, you hold on to this for me for a minute. Mm. Uh, transforms him into a superhero. Uh, this, it's essentially like an Iron Man suit, um, sort of like, that can shapeshift itself uh, into different forms and is very powerful in combat. It's a bit, but, sounds like a bit, a bit Green Lantern, a bit... Um, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of what if you mixed Green Lantern with Venom, right? Because it's Green Lantern in that like you can sort of manifest the the suit into whatever kind of weaponry you need it to be. Yeah. But the suit is sentient and alive, and its primary uh, thing is I am a weapon. Keep you al keep the wearer the person oh, in there alive. Um, collateral damage. Ooh, yeah, collateral cares. damage. Other people getting injured. Fuck them. Right. I got to keep you, the person in my suit, safe. Right. Um. So Iron Man. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit Iron Man, like, suit AI kind of feel. Um, 
and once this thing has latched onto him, can't can't latch off. Now we've got to go on a on a superhero story that's largely because bad people want the suit tech. Yes. Uh, and they will hurt you and anyone close to you to get it. Um, so, like, on the surface, it sounds like generic-y superhero story, and it kind of is. Um, but the thing that really makes it work is the same thing that made Miss Marvel as a TV series work. The supporting cast of family members... Uh, absolutely make this film. Um, yeah. This is not a film about I have a secret a superhero identity um, that I'm keeping secret from my family. So this, I went home and literally showed everyone. Yeah, this is no. Well, yeah, this is me and my family live in a tiny little rundown house that is falling apart. And we can barely afford to keep uh, keep going, and I'm trying to get a job because. Uh, like my, f- it, well, another job on top of my existing jobs because my family can't afford to keep the place and it's going to get well, squashed cr- down for like. Of America. Yeah, it's like, hey, property developers are going to crush my little family home and replace it with like flats for rich white people, probably. Uh, the same film that bought you the line, Batman's a fascist. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, like, they are present when the thing latches onto him, when the powers happen, and are constantly a part of his, like, discussions about what to do next, and, like, they're... It's very Miss Marvel in that sense of, like... Like in, in, in this film, where they are... Like it was in the Marvels, where they were very worried about Kamala Khan's safety, but were ultimately there to be supportive and, like, a fun part of the adventure. Yes, and not afraid to tell a bad guy, don't yeah. you hurt my child! <laughs> and I think this leans even more into that, perhaps, because you have, like... Family members that are, like, very, like, actively hell yes about what you're doing in some cases. Mm. And uh, it, I think they made a really good choice by, like, leaning so much on those family dynamics yeah. as part of the film. It is fun. Uh, it, it, is, it reminds me of watching the first Shazam in terms of being, like, DC is at their best when they are fun uh, and, like, not trying to be too serious. And they have someone for the hero to play off of and, like, have some silly banter with. Mm. It was a really enjoyable film. It is pretty lengthy, but it didn't feel long. It it really sort of went on at a good right. pace. Excellent. It was yeah, not not much else to say about it other than it's one of the few good DC superhero films. It works well on its own. It doesn't like lean on being part of the DC extended universe mm. or having seen other DC films. It's just a good standalone superhero film. Nice. Yeah. What about you? You watched anything else? Ah, uh, I have watched some other things, but you know what? I think it's time for this. Do you want to get into a hugely overwhelmingly long TV show? I mean, I'm kinda... Do you wish it were shorter and less intimidating? Oh god, yes. Looking for an edited version that cuts down on filler and improves pacing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is that a thing? Can I can I get that? Well, you should try new Being Less of a Coward. Oh. It's not that long, just watch it on double speed or something. Mm, it's hard. It's only 2,000 episodes. Hmm. All right, let's call this bloody thing to order. Right, 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 right. Right. Well, what's uh, what's the word? We got we got more back to work yet? Well, um, at this moment, yes. Good, um, good. Right. Some, let's. Uh, uh, well, the problem is there's some grumblings that maybe 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 that maybe either they might stop working again or some other bits of the movie making people might stop working. So. Why would they stop working? Uh, we we were very 
clever with the subtle wording of our contracts. Oh, uh, 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 all the AI they, will be happening. I mean, oh, they, oh, they oh, seem oh. to have noticed some of the things. So, oh, look, bloody at, hell. at this moment, we can make films. So what right, we need yes, to do yes. is we need to greenlight as many films as we can yes. and start oh, writing Oh, what's right. that in contract? Because that was a whole thing. Yes, yeah, they're you, already contracted that you, you can, can allow to fulfill the things. Yes, yes, so yes, what, yes. I'm, what I'm thinking is we... Uh, I've got this uh, wonderful dartboard I've put up on the wall. Right, and yeah, if yeah, we just start throwing darts at it... Uh, we are going to come up with some films and greenlight them right now so that we can get them going so that there's stuff in production before they stop working again. Got it. Right. What have we got? Uh, okay. So, uh, uh that's our, uh, over at the actor dartboard. That's, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh. Uh, is, is, oh, yeah. is in, uh, the desert. Oh. Yes. And it's a comedy. Oh. Yeah. And it's animated. It's an animated comedy in the desert starring Tom Hanks. Well, also it's Tom Hanks uh, in, in an animated film, so you can probably get him to play, play multiple parts and uh, save money. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, you throw, start throwing some darts out. Okay, let's see. Danny Glover. Oh, yes. In a horror film. Oh, yes, okay, okay. set in a New York cafe. The coffee's poisoned. Green light it. Go. Green light, green light, green light, go. Green light, go, green light, go. Go, 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 go quick. Uh, okay, okay, um. Throw, uh, throw all okay, the Okay, okay, um, uh, right. Every- all of the Toms, all of the Chrises, I think you've uh, got there. Okay, yes, and all of the cast members of Lost. Yeah, all yeah, of them yeah. too. So, oh, we're gonna, gonna so it's, big, it's a big ensemble yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a serious historical drama about nice. the invention of the steam locomotive. Ah. Yes. I, I don't know if that's a particularly interesting story or if it needs an ensemble cast, but we'll make them all fit it. We'll, Sense we'll... and sensibility assemble. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, I yes. I'm ready, I'm ready. Yes. yes, 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 wonderful. Right, keep throwing things, keep throwing things. We're going to be here all night. Jane Austen Endgame, I'm ready for that. Right, right, wonderful. By by the end of the day, we'll have 400 projects uh, greenlit okay. and everything will be sorted. Let me just get my semi-automatic dart launcher, just... There we go. Yes. Yes. Green light. Green. I just you smack the green light. I'll just keep throwing darts at the board. So, what else have you watched? Uh, I watched so many things because you got me that cinema pass, so I've been watching all the things. Um, Infinite films. Yes. I uh, let's talk about this. Um, I saw Saw X. The first good Saw film since Saw 2. Honestly, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Look, Saw X is not going to be for everyone. If you're someone who, like, your favourite Saw films are, like, 6, 7, 8 onwards, like, the <laughs> violent, like, it's all about the violent torch porn. Like, Pornography. That's, yeah, it's like, sure, maybe there's a lesson to be learned if they survive or whatever, but it's about watching people suffer. This reminded me a lot more of Saw 1's pacing. And you know how, like, yeah, there's like three or four death traps in Saw 1, maybe. But a lot of that film is just having a conversation in a bathroom that's a bit gross. Yes. This is that kind of film. Like, I think there's maybe one Saw trap in the first 45 minutes of this film, I would guess. Um, I mean, I I feel like most of those sorts of films are more interesting when there is like a thriller aspect a yeah. a mystery to be solved some questions to be answered rather than just blood 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 yeah so like the gist of this is it's set uh between saw one and two i believe and jigsaw a sort of uh you know killer from the first one basically spoilers he, oh spoilers <laughs> uh fi- finds out he's got cancer goes to a support group for people with cancer 
And one of the people at his support group stops coming and he's like, ah, probably passed away. That's, you know, usually how this goes. And he sees him, you know, walking down the street a couple of weeks later looking fit as a fiddle. He's mm. like, you you were like terminal, like days from death. What what happened? And this guy's like, I can try and get you a recommendation. I found this doctor down in Mexico that will do treatments that like the US hasn't approved. And they mm. like completely cleared my cancer. Yes. Uh, so Jigsaw in, you know, desperation goes, hey, what if... I throw all of my life savings at you, please try and help with my cancer. And, uh, surprise, surprise, they do not cure his cancer. They take it's his- some sort of scam. Yeah, the, the, the gist of it is we're gonna pretend to do surgery on you, um, and not, and run away with your money. One of those, um, e- either one of those, they just knocked you out and gave you a scar, or the, um, ah, uh, what was the- thing they did in the Andy Kaufman movie of like oh. they just like we're gonna push in the thing and we're like palming some chicken oh, guts that we're gonna pull out so yeah I, I don't think it's too big a spoiler to, to, to say that they, they they keep him conscious during the surgery because it's surgery on your brain we've got to check that uh. your faculties are working which is their excuse to have him looking at a video feed that's playing footage of of the surgery type they're doing. Oh, and they're trying to do the whole we 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 have the fake arm here and your real arm behind the thing, and we stroke it, stroke it, it, it stroke it with a feather. Sort, while sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Like they, they had an elaborate little setup going. Yeah, I get it. And uh, he realizes they've been doing this to countless people, draining like all of their income. And uh, I guess they think because these people are immediately going to die of their yeah. cancer that they have suddenly stopped taking their medication. Yes, sure. A li- there's an amount of this that is just like Jigsaw being like sadistic and wanting to punish these people. Understandably. But, part- but there's a certain degree of like, it's not just about him. There is a lot of pe- other people who like, you know, have been fucked over here. And also less of that um, thing that you got in later Saw films of, I've judged that you're not living your life very well, do better. Yes. And very specifically, I think the thing that Saw X does incredibly well, and I was really surprised they did so well, is a lot of Saw films try and make Jigsaw into uh, not not as much of a villainous figure by trying to suggest... He's a good person. He's doing this for a good reason. And I, I think that's kind of bullshit. Uh, Generally you know. speaking, that has come off as very bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So what they do instead here is they don't try and like, t- they don't ever try and tell you that Jigsaw's doing the right thing here. What they instead do is give you a somehow a thousand percent more hateable villain to hate. Right. Um, which is the, the woman who is like the ringleader of this, this big cancer scam. Yeah. Who not only is she doing this big evil scam, but she is the least apologetic person on the planet. Right. She is entirely fucking, has, has zero fucking remorse, uh, yeah. in the face of, you have taken away not just the life savings, but the hope. You, you gave hope to the dying and then ripped that hope away from them. Yeah. And she's like, and even when she's like tied up and like watching other people go through saw traps and knowing she's going to have to go through one herself, she's like, I would do it again in a fucking heartbeat. Like you are not scaring me out of this. She, she is so sincerely like fun to hate. Twiddles mustache. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's hard to overstate quite how much Jigsaw is clearly doing evil things, but like she's so much fucking worse. It's hard to make to overstate quite how much they make the person doing a series of like gruesome torture murders feel like the the, the lesser of two evils. Mm. But yeah, there there is a series of saw traps, but they do feel and this is again a thing that the saw series lost over over time was they feel uh relatively escapable and sort of tied to the thing that the person's done mm. and 
there is the first example of a saw trap is very explicitly the person survives and he you you see Jigsaw come back in and start bandaging the guy up to make sure he doesn't get blood loss from right. his injuries and being like not immediately going to get yeah. sepsis today exactly he's like hey you did the thing like I'm not here to hurt you you did the thing you survived I I have no more ill will against you let me patch you up like I didn't do the right thing by by injuring you but like. I'm not gonna let you die here. Please you know. learn your lesson. <laughs> I, I I want you to I want you to live after this. It's got some of the problems that the Sora series has always had, but I think it's it it really gets back to what I liked about Saw One. Mm. If they made more Saw films like this, I would probably enjoy them more. Yeah, um, I think Saw One's a great film. Saw Two, yeah. less so, but is it, kind of keeping on that thing. Yeah, and then the series is. <laughs> Variable, but for an entirely different reason yeah. for like the rest. Yeah, of the, the rest of the series is like it's not what the se- it's not what it started as, and it's not to say it's bad, but it's not the same thing. And Doesn't this follows its own, its own rules, and yeah. some people really like that. Some people just like the evil James Bondiness of all the machinery yeah. in, in it, and that's fine. But it, yeah, it got like I love the first one. I think it's really clever, but like after that, less so. I think you'd enjoy Saw X. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but. Yes, I, I will. Yeah. I will get around to it eventually. Not would you say that it necessarily needs to be watched on a big screen? I I don't think it necessarily needs to. I think as someone that I don't think I've ever gone and seen a saw film on the big screen, there was something interesting about going and seeing it there, mm. and there was some additional spectacle. But I think you could totally watch this at home mm. and like it would be, you know, maybe watch it in an evening with the lights low. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. Well, should we go through the rest of the horror-based films? Do you want to tell us about The the Exorcist Believer? Uh, yeah, I can summarise this one pretty quickly. Uh, I went to see this, not as anyone who has any particular attachment to The Exorcist. Trailers for that film made it seem like a huge part of that narrative was going to be this woman from the original Exorcist is coming back and she's a big part of the film. She's barely a part of the film. Like, that's... Big exaggeration. Also, wasn't she back in the comedy uh, sequel, Repossessed? Um, maybe? Have you never seen Repossessed? I, I don't think so. Um, imagine those terrible um, teen parody movies. Oh, yeah. Of the, uh, like, scary movie. Yeah. But, like, the later scary movies, that nah, sort ne- of thing. Ne- never seen it. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, the other thing I would say about The Exorcist Believer is... I think the film does a decent job of being a bit of a counter to something that's often a bit of a trope in exorcism horror films, which is Christianity and specifically like Catholicism being the route to, you know, saving someone from possession. Mm. Uh, This film has a good degree of like multiculturalism and like multiple. Yeah. uh, A group of people who ultimately share differing faiths. Differing religious beliefs, differing perspectives, coming together, and that being how how you you know save save these these people in distress. Mm. I also think that while a little predictable and a little uh, a little hamfisted, perhaps, I think they they the the final big moment of the film where the exorcism comes to a climax. I think was a clever mirroring of something they set up earlier, mm. and I think it is it is a it is a film that's largely going aha those two things am I right? And I think it does a decent job at that. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but like there were things to there were things to find of interest in it. Mm. 
What about you? What else have you watched? Uh, um, we went and saw The Blackening because I figured we'd try trying to we're trying to do like a little a little horror yeah. section. Um, Gosh, yes, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? I think that was right at the beginning of the strike. Ah, uh, that was I late. Bet, Aug- think, that was late August. We so might not was... have even known the strikes had had happened between going to the cinema. I can't remember when it was. Uh, it, it, I can't it, remember it when was the strike started. The, stri- uh, the strikes were happening like back in oh, like okay. June ish. Oh, wow. I think uh, I've it, lost the, track. This yeah. did, did look. I mean, I've I've so lost track of this year that I asked you the other day, like, oh, wasn't it like March that you went to see MCO? I was like, no, that was last year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yes, we we saw a horror film called The Blackening. Yeah, uh, which how, is how Cabin to... in the Woods horror. It's it's a, a group of friends who like had a celebration. Sometimes uh, ago, they're going, they're they're getting all all together again for the yeah, first time. Yeah, they get together for Juneteenth, I think. They are getting together for Juneteenth, but I think they had. I don't know if it was Juneteenth previously that they had got together for. Yeah, maybe, but um, yeah. So they're at this Airbnb that uh, they they find a room and the room has a board game in it, and the board game is super fucking racist and yeah. they're all black. Yeah, um, uh, that is. Uh, of concern to them and then people start dying and uh, there are so many good ideas in this film agreed there are some genuinely funny moments in it yep and then it doesn't land a lot of things or things like this uh, sometimes the script isn't like i i would say this as some uh, as like a solid 6 out of 10 oh i felt much more positive about it yeah, you really did. Yeah. I remember we talked about it afterwards, and I was, I was like, not, yeah. not for me. So I, I really liked this. I, I really enjoyed this film. I, the things I think it does well is, um, it does very, very good subversion of expectation. Um, in terms of s- setting up, uh, sort of tropes of the horror genre mm. and knowing. Knowing how to, like, sometimes follow the trope and sometimes subvert the trope in a way that really keeps you on your toes. Yes. Um, I think it would be reasonably easy to compare this to something like Cabin in the Woods, at least the, yeah. the beginning part. That- I, I think so. Um, I think that they do a good job of um, uh, obscuring what the scope of the of the uh, setting is going to be. Yes. And playing around with, like, Expanding and contracting the scope of the space that everyone is trapped in. Mm. I think it, they do a really good job of knowing that line that gets walked between comedy and horror and yes. how to double bluff which way they're going to take attention building moment. Yeah. I I think I think there were some great performances in it. Yeah, um the uh the writer who is um the uh the Gay friend in that. Oh yes. Um, the uh, woman, not the first woman that you see at the f- in the and turn up at the the thing, but the one who picks up the guy in the um, oh convenience yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. Picks, like, picks the up the nerd. Arrive. Like she's um she's really strongly written. She's a great character throughout. Assuming I'm getting this in the right order. But, I, I I yeah I know um, who you mean. Like, what, yeah. Th- there, there are several. Uh, characters in this who are like they give really strong performances they do really well um the set dressing is really impressive the uh, the design of a lot of things is really funny um the whole 
scene by the lake. Oh god, yes. <laughs> and I appreciated that it did that um scary movie thing of like we know tropes. Also, we are black people who know tropes about. Yes. And they between them making jokes about well, we can't all be the first to die. In well, fact, I think that was the yeah, tagline. Yeah, I think for the, the tagline was um yeah, we can't all die first. Yeah. Um yes, and I, and again, like the film is not just self-aware about tropes with characters who are self-aware of those tropes. Yes. But it uses the the fact that the characters are self-aware of the tropes is sometimes used against them as as much as it is a benefit to them. Yes. And for instance, the stinger at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I I I thought it was a fantastic film. It's a little corny in places. I can see where differing opinions like, can happen on it. I think there are some it. great ideas. I think it loses some pacing a couple of times. Yeah. Um I, I don't think it helps that they try to establish almost two starts to this film. Y- yes. They're, they're, yes. Which is difficult when you are doing the Cabin in the Woods. It's quite slow-moving mm. stuff. In in such a short time space of time, like it doesn't do enough the second time around yeah. to make it more interesting. Yes. But you can't really do any of... I mean, I guess you probably could have cut out entirely the first ten minutes of the film yeah. and gone, hang on. So- yeah, so to to be as like minimally spoilery as possible, the film starts with here is the setup of the horror thing that's going to happen. Here are two people at the cabin in the woods. Yes, and then it pulls back to maybe like 30 or 40 minutes of building back up to that point. Yes. And I there is part of me that thinks if you cut that first 10 minutes and just in media res like there there are ways you maybe could have done that later. Yes. It it maybe it, or... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could have even done it as like a series of like flashbulb photos. There, there is a moment where there, there could have been a, a like a, hey, we found out what I guess we found out what happened to our friends. Yeah, actually, that would have been a really easy way to like do that. And um, not, yeah, but I guess the thing they're trying to introduce quite like earlier on than there is any other way of doing it, given the rest of the, how the rest of the film is written, is. The whole, the games room. Hey, that door wasn't open earlier. And yeah. it also didn't have a big fucking sign on it that said games room wandering in there and goes, what is this, the blackening board game with this, <laughs> I can't remember what the art style is, but that sort of minstrel cartoon. Yeah. Imagine like a Ludo board, the like pop, pop, pop up thing. In with the a racist that, face but caricature. It's a racist, racist middle, caricature yeah. and these weird, like, Imagine uh, like a Monopoly that's like seventy years old and has been played constantly by your family, and now the community ch- chest cards and the the chance cards yeah. have that like they've got a bit of lift and curve to them and they're yeah. all cracked. But I- that's that is just like the question cards for this game. It's like okay, yeah. roll the dice, answer the question. Yeah, I get that they wanted to set up the hor- the horror thing early, but mm. I I think they they either needed to, uh, they may, they either needed to do that scene quicker. Or they needed to like move it a little later. It did. It did. It did. Admittedly, have a weird effect on the the start pacing of the yeah. film. And I, I think that really would have done a lot I, for that film. But I I understand. I think what they were trying yeah. to do there. I I ultimately think it's a it's a very creative film that like yeah. I I I I very much think it's worth watching. When I say it's a six out of ten, <laughs> I'm rating that as someone who actually uses lower lum- numbers in yeah. in things, as opposed to ah, IGN gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, you you, you mean like ever. above average, not like above average. Full of shit. <laughs> and he had some great yeah. ideas, and like some of the prop work, especially again, no spoilers, but um, 
certain bits of equipment that turn up in the like the last 15 minutes of that film i'm like that is a brilliant prop like some of the ideas the the fact that they do lace certain things throughout the film that come back later on and yep. you're like that was very cool yeah but yeah like the pacing is off in a couple of places and some of the scripting yeah. just doesn't sound the we, best but yeah. we we disagree on how like on on how we feel about it mm. But we both we both we both had a good time with the film. I just thought it it landed better than you yeah, did. Some strong acting from from yeah. many of those people. Um. Yeah. What else have we watched? Uh, uh, we could talk about the evil bong. We sure could talk about the evil <laughs> bong. Um. Look, I'm pretty sure this isn't from a struck studio. We probably could have talked about it during Thank the strike, you. but uh. Yeah, it we was a film and we were a bit cautious. Yeah, we we watched a uh, a horror film called Evil Bong. Yeah, so you <sighs> discovered this on one of your weekends away with the nerds. Yeah, uh, as is often the case of we need to watch a trash film and and yeah. drink purple rains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the setup is uh, there is a a, ha- a a frat house full of a bunch of like jo- jock man types. And someone's looking for a place to stay, uh, this this sort of nerdy type, looking for a cheap place to stay, uh, moves into the house full of all these stoners. And the stoners order uh, a bong off of, like, an advert in a magazine, and it, it it's definitely not cursed, don't worry about it. Guaranteed to give you magically good highs. Mm. And, uh, long story short, you smoke the evil bong too much, you get sucked to the evil bong dimension where Which evil bong woman tortures you. Yeah, a strip club where all the women's bras will attack you. Oh um, no, she got a shark bra. Oh, he ate your hands when you tried to grope her. Evil bong dimension. Evil bong dimension. And straight-laced nerd who's never done drugs has to go save him from the evil bong dimension. I don't know when this film was made, but it's got real trauma film vibes. Yeah. It's like it perfectly captures that whole vibe. It's 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 trash, but it's it's weirdly endearing trash. Uh, yeah, especially that ending. Yeah, yeah. Without saying too much, I don't know that I've ever been happier to see like the ending shot of a film. It was like weird. It was weirdly wholesome for an ending shot containing quite so many tits. <laughs> yeah, um, I really don't know what else we can say. It's um. It's not a good film, but it's, it's funny. It's not a great it's film. It's a good bad it's, film. It's got it's got some like some stilted pacing in places. Yeah. And it takes it's a while to get terrible, going. Terrible, terrible script writing. Yeah, it does. But like it's worth it for the gems of moments that you stumble upon. Yes. Um, Especially if you're like not taking it too seriously and you're already yeah. having a bit of a silly time with friends. Yeah, like, you know, the first time that someone gets sucked into the bong and a face starts to appear on it is quite a thing to see. Yes, and that animatronic face that gets more detailed throughout the film is uh, yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else has been watched? Uh, we saw um, Alien. We did. We went to the cinema to see the original Alien. That film really still holds up on a big screen, apart yeah. from a couple of slightly flickery model shots. It's yeah. There was a couple of uh, like um, rotating around model shots that were a little juttery, yeah, but, but apart if, from that, that's the worst thing you can say about a film at that age. Yeah. Um, it was really nice to see that film in like a dark theater on a proper sound system, mm. proper big screen. Being able I've to really appreciate it. the quiet of that film. And I also think because of when it came out, it's that might be the first time I have 
seriously paid that much attention to it. Yeah, and it, it's a film that I think deserves that kind of, oh, yeah. like, this is the thing I'm doing is just watching it. That is a gorgeous set. Yeah. I've always, I, like, I, that is one thing I've always noticed. One thing I really appreciated with Alien Isolation, that they yeah. managed so well to capture that. of The grimy, cobbled together spaceship feel. Yeah, and, and, a, and a future where... We can imagine a supercomputer that can give you cool answers, but it will be as big as a room and you'll have to get inside it and yeah. it will breathe somehow. Um, yeah, that film does so much with so little. Yeah. Um, and I think one, one thing on rewatching it that really impresses me about Alien is how good of a job that film does of uh, creating and maintaining escalating pressure before anything dangerous has happened. Mm. Like, it does such a good job of, like, Never letting that slow creep of tension settle. Yeah. It is a gorgeous film. Yeah. The, I think the only thing that you can't get watching it now is that wonder of what the fuck am I looking at the first time you ever see yes. that, like any of that character design. What? But it is fantastic. Once you have seen it once and you know when the first time you're going to see the Xenomorph in full is... You take it in a lot more than you do on the first viewing. Yes. And you can't get that experience back of knowing what the Xenomorph looks like. Yes. But I, but yeah. Not, not just that, like the, the wonder of the pilot's chair scene yeah. and the, the scale of, of like them walking through that um, area and the set design there. Like, yeah. the, I think the, the, the wonder of that, it, like, it's, it's, you can sit there going, it's very impressive, but I, I, um, yeah, I do wonder what that would have been like to just go, just to remove all of Alien from my head, because I want to watch it again. Yeah. With that, just like, oh my god, this is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good film for a film that is largely set in, like, one, maybe two environments, yeah. with a single threat that is just daunting and it's unclear what you can do about it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, especially as you start to find more and more out, like, the whole... Um, burning the hole through the ship uh, oh, and just yeah. being like, well, we, now we can't even fucking attack the thing because yeah. it, well, well, we all get sucked out into space now. This yeah. is not good. Hey, Alien's a very good film. It holds up great. It really does. It, although on a big screen, I'd flinch even harder when she throws the cat box with Jonesy oh, in it. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Uh, speaking of films from a while back that yeah. we that I went and saw it at the cinema yeah. uh, uh, that are in space, space, I went and watched Gravity. You did go and watch Gravity, yeah, a film I watched like ten minutes of on a flight once and went went. This is not being done justice. Uh, I should watch this on a bigger screen. Yes. And I watched it in three D at the cinema, mm. uh, which was the exact right way to watch that film. Gravity is a film about Sandra Bullock and... Uh, what's his... George Clooney? Uh, George Clooney. Basically, being trapped in space. Sandra Bullock is not meant to be an astronaut, but she's invented something that's going to help take better photos of space. So they gave her enough astronaut training. Like, we we got to teach you how to do all the things, but, like, you're not flying the ship up or flying down. You're just yeah. being brought up to, like, work on this thing. Uh, you need the, enough to be safe, but not enough to really yeah. know what you're doing. Uh, the Russians blow up a Russian satellite and... Its debris goes off course of where it's meant to Oops. and shreds through their ship. So George Clooney and Sandra Bullock are just stranded in space and their ship has been like torn apart by like very fast moving debris. Yep, race junk is a real problem. Yeah. Uh, they they gotta work out how to get back to Earth, and by they I mean 
I, look, this film's a little old at this point, I will say, for a good chunk of this film, it's just Sandra Bullock alone trying to find her way back to Earth, not really knowing how to do that. Yes, uh, we, were, we were talking about the fact that um, that that was another film that used silence really well, isn't yes. afraid to just be quiet. That film has long stretches of near silence, mm. and it's so good for it. It does a really good job of capturing both the horror of vast emptiness and of claustrophobic smallness. Mm. Be that being trapped within a tiny little suit that is within the unknowably huge vastness. It's not a single shot or single or like fake single take, but it does a lot with like long, like incredibly long single shots or like stitched together to appear as single shots. Yeah. Um, like continuous shots. Not quite Birdman, but. No, but there's like, you'll sometimes go for like 30 plus minutes without like an obvious cut. It's Mm. like very clearly done to have this sense of consistency. And I think they do a lot with that. They do a lot with like scale and scope and zoomed Mm. back shots to really give a sense of, of what's going on. And yeah, it is just a, like a very, it it does a very good job of keeping its tension up uh, as a film of one person who doesn't really know how to do space stuff alone in space, desperately trying to get home. Hmm. Um, uh, so I'm going to try and talk about this in like uh, a vague sense, but there is a there is a scene in that film where Sandra Bullock is feeling a bit hopeless about her chances of getting back to Earth and manages to make radio contact with just like a random farmer somewhere in Korea. It's got like a CB radio. Yeah, and there is no language barrier that can be that they can get across with each other. But she is so alone and so desperate for any kind of communication that like there's this exchange where she's like howling when the dog howls on the other end and just trying to have mm. some kind of connection with the earth. Yeah, and, and you like, said there was a whole thing about um the farmer reading stories, bedtime yeah, stories or something. Yeah, yeah, like we, without getting too much into where that scene climaxes, uh, she takes solace in clearly like a nursery rhyme or a story being read, um, read to this child and she doesn't understand the words but she's just gonna just gonna listen in. I because, too am gonna be soothed by this. Yeah, the, your soothing cadence is all I've got right now and mm. like this film does a really good job with moments like that, like very good human moments in a very grand setting. Um, mm. It's a it's a very good film nice. that if you have an opportunity to watch in a cinema, do it, it's definitely definitely a good way to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, talking about people who are in space who shouldn't be there, should we yes. talk about Space Camp? Yeah, do you want to talk? Uh, you want to tell us about Space Camp? Yeah, so this bubbled up. I think while we were talking about um, you going to watch um, Gravity. And I was like, thing about people in space who shouldn't be there and and yeah, moments of of weirdness. I was like, I remember as a child watching a film called Space Camp, and then that moment of like, well, we've found a way to watch it, but it is from the eighties, so I'm going to apologise now if it's horribly <laughs> racist, yeah, or transphobic, or whatever. It was. <laughs> Way less concerning than I thought it was going to be. I think one child does a bit of an accent for a second, and that's like the worst this film did. Which, yeah, given its age, I was bracing for worse. Yeah, like they're all at space camp. Like that, none, none of them are treated as um like particularly. Yeah. Um. You know, like the blonde girl who like chews bubble gum and has like a massive blonde perm. But isn't stupid at all. Yeah. Like knows Morse code off the top of her head. 
But yeah, like, it's a kid's adventure about kids at, at summer camp, but the summer camp is run by NASA, and there's a little adorable AI robot companion friend, as there is in all good 80s yeah, shenanigans, yeah. and the, the robot's like, but the friend wants to go into space, so I'm going to send my friend <laughs> into space by fucking about with a rocket yeah. test. Yeah, they're meant to be, you know, visiting this rocket on the day of a rocket test, and this AI robot's like, well, my friend wants to go to space, I'm gonna fuck up this, uh, ship to such a degree that they have to send it to space rather than have it explode on the launch pad, so, uh, kids and your teacher, who don't know how to be in space, good fucking luck. Yep. (laughs) And then they end up in space, and... (laughs) That does not hold up nearly as well as Alien for, um, random shots. Uh, no, and certainly but, not on a 4K television. No, there was a but, moment where um, somebody is in one of those like, um, <laughs> uh, well, I guess like a jetpack thing, but it's like obviously like gas powered. Yeah. like you you don't need much inertia to get going in space, and just the the the, the, the weird plating line that slips yeah. several times. Um, Bless them, they tried. I will. One thing I will <laughs> say, they did a good job of making the interior of the spaceship. Uh, believable that they were in low gravity. Yes. Um, I guess like, they went to the Vomit Comet at some point for some of those shots. I don't know. But I, for a lot of it, it just feels like wire work. I feel or... like a lot of it was like, if it wasn't wire work, a lot of it was just very careful, like, moving in and out of, of frame, uh, like, toward the ceiling yeah. and down. Like, clearly a lot of thought put into how would you move to make it look like you're moving in low resistance. Yeah. And at that point, they had enough footage, because I think this was 89? Yeah. Something like that, or maybe even earlier than that. It might have been 86, but yeah, it's not a bad film, really. It's, yeah. It's kind of fun. I I was like, I, I'm sure I'm probably going to remember some of this. The two main characters, the um, woman who is basically sort of roped into, I was going to say teaching, but it's not really what you you do at the summer camp. Yeah. Basically, their, their guardian for the whole thing is fucking Willie from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, <laughs> and the... A uh, girl that comes in at the beginning is fucking Marty McFly's girlfriend from Back to the Future. Yeah. And I was like, hang on, I do know people in this film. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it was something. And you yeah. can you can see how I got there from your description I can of Gravity. S- I can see how Gravity got you there. Should we do oh. a sh- Ahsoka before we, well, we, before we wrap up this section? Uh, yeah, sure. That's spacey. Yeah, that's Which spacey. Is Ahsoka. Yeah, uh, this is about that that character Ahsoka Tano from the, the the Clone Wars and stuff. Yeah, mainly Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed Ahsoka as a series, but I think that it was a little convoluted in places on working out what it wanted to be as a series. Mm. I don't think it had a firm idea of whether it wanted to be a new standalone story for this character or a conclusion to a different show from to the Rebels, past yeah. or like it it was it was pulled in a couple of directions yeah because we've had a lot in recent star wars shows films etc of we're going to we're going to like do little 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 references to rebels mm. like um the ghost is parked in the background of a shot in i think rogue one yeah um oh uh, yeah in in rogue one there's a uh, a thing in oh god was it 9 i think there's like a a call over tanoi yeah. for general sindula it does feel like the pacing is weird the scripting is weird in in places yeah. 
it doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be, which yeah. is weird because we just come off the back of uh, another A show. Oh, Andor, um, Andor yes. Um, Andor just, was so laser focused. I, Andor was such a good series. Yes, it's. Ahsoka is one of those things where it's like you it's not really going to have the same impact if you haven't watched both Clone Wars and Rebels and you're in like so you already know who Ahsoka is going in and, and you're enough in, of the legacy stuff. Yeah, like you legends. have to go in like invested in who is Thrawn and who is um oh I forget the name of the person from Rebels Ezra um, Bridger. Ezra Bridger and would it be satisfying for us to find out what's what's going on uh, with that? And the Death of Mar Witches. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if they wanted this to be the conclusion to Rebels, it doesn't start as that. It takes a while to be clear that it, it's trying to be sequel to um, Rebels. I mean, it's it starts with... Oh, I can't remember what her name is. The Mandalorian character from, from Rebels. So we, we we knew it was Rebels stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then, obviously, there's the whole um, Ahsoka having... The uh, getting the galaxy map thing, and then like almost immediately we see Hera. So like I got the and and Chopper. I think it all in the first episode. Yeah, I, I suppose so. So yeah, like the the opening thing is very much we're gonna do Rebels, but I haven't managed yet to watch to the end of Rebels. So I guess I know how Rebels ends now. Yeah, it 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 feels like Ahsoka's Ahsoka like Ahsoka was here. To, to finish Rebels, not necessarily for as much of an Ahsoka-specific... Look, we set her up in The Mandalorian, so now she has to be here for this. Yeah, it, it's... It, it sort of had the vibes of when um you had to watch Book of Boba Fett to understand what was going on at the start of Season 3 of The Mandalorian, because for some reason there's like two episodes of The Mandalorian in the middle of Boba Fett. Yeah. It, it's that kind of... We're doing a show about this character, but it's really a conclusion to these characters' story because we called it that character's yeah. show. Stop maybe trying to make everything everything. Yeah, and maybe it's just because of the naming convention that I feel this way. But you name a show after a character, I expect this to be that character's story and like a very that character's story. Yes, and it's weird to use that character's story that's named after them as a vehicle to finish someone else's story. Yes, more so than to go on their own story. Yes, like, I understand that also that Thrawn is in Rebels. Yeah. But I haven't really got to that, so I really only know of Thrawn from t- people talking about how much they love the Thrawn trilogy yeah, books. Yeah, m- most of my Thrawn knowledge is the, uh, yeah, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, I knew enough to know that's supposed to be the big bad in, like, the legacy books after after Darth Vader, this was the next big bad. Yeah, and, and and in many ways worse. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I will take that with the gravitas it should come with, but like, the, Ahsoka didn't do a good, a great job necessarily of uh, establishing that level of threat. Didn't establish, but I felt that that character was wonderfully played. Oh, fantastically played. Just, I feel like there needed to be some context of, before Thrawn was where he is now... What terrible things did he do? What scale of terrible was he? What how We needed an opening crawl, didn't we? I, maybe. <laughs> look, we we needed like someone to like a flashback of someone telling a story of like this is what it was like under Thrawn. This is why it's a problem if Thrawn comes back. Yeah, I like, guess. Like, Somehow that's, Thrawn came back. Yeah, it's it's. I had to just go. I've heard Thrawn's a big bad deal. Therefore, I'll assume he is. Yeah, like I we've seen a couple of things from him in Rebels. There was the whole thing about breaking into his office, I think, at one point. Mm. I vaguely remember that being a thing in whichever season we got up to. But, um, 
Yeah, like, this, this, you couldn't watch that series as a standalone and understand a hell of a lot of what was going on. Like, why would you care about Ezra? Why would you... Like, if you knew a little bit about Star Wars or had only watched the films, why is there suddenly magic and witches and whatever the, the fuck... Yeah. Like, and zombies? Yeah. Um... Again, stuff that's stuff that's happened in in other media that I'm aware of. But if you haven't got into all the other yeah. stuff, if you're someone who goes cartoons, they're probably not canon, right? Yeah, you know, you're going to be very confused in this one. Yeah, yeah, and I think some of the comic book stuff as well um, was in there. It was like it had some great moments. I that, had like Thrawn's whole weird Imperial remnant army trapped yeah. on this planet with their like customized stormtrooper yeah. armor. Was a fascinating idea. I I had a lot of fun with this not necessarily great show that I didn't really understand a lot of. And then at the end of go, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they set up a lot of really interesting characters and oh. abandon them in places, various <laughs> places around this they, uh, they this sh- whole story. They sure did. So is this where we're gonna take a little break? Yeah, I think it's time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a thematic sponsor. (gasps) Who's our thematic sponsor? Well, do you want to watch film? Yeah. Do you want to watch film on big screen at good sound system? Oh, I do. Do you miss the fact that at home you can pause and go for a wee? Oh, that is really convenient, but that couldn't work at the cinema, could it? It could with movie pause. (gasps) Tell me more, what is this? It's pocket-sized time manipulation device specifically designed so that you can pause the movie. You can just run and pee. And you just press pause and time will pause in in the whole of everything. You run and pee and then you get back, you sit down and you pause. So I'm not just pausing... Well, I guess if I'm not just pausing the film, no one's having to wait for the film while exactly, I'm Exactly, they won't know. So I, I'm pausing all of reality to go pee. Yeah. But just in the cin- just just because in- only in the cinema. Moviepause.lol.net. It's a pocket-sized time manipulation device. You can pause it, pause it all the time. Just don't use it out. You don't ADHD and forget that you pause the film and then go off and do like a bunch of stuff and be like, "Hey, why isn't the sun come up today?" And you know, oh. oh. As all, all the, mm. Well, I mean, the terms and conditions here do say please don't pause time in any other context, so I'm sure no one will. No. 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 Moviepause.lol.net, end of code, QNPS 284, and uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be a thing. How's it going? Alright. Alright. Yeah. Season of darkness is upon us. Uh, well, I mean, it was upon us. Look around. Well, yeah, like, well, duh, notice number 73 still got a rotting pumpkin, and that's very thematically. Well, I mean, it's thematic only in as much as. The season has been forgotten about and uh, not really given the attention it was supposed to. Not you know yeah. the slow decline of, yeah. of Halloween as a as a focal point. Yeah, there are a lot of festive lights up, and not for the actual festivity that we're supposed to be having. So uh, I think it's about time we got revenge 
on, you know, the C word. Ooh, the 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 uh, the, the the big festive one. Light up snow festival capitalism. Yeah. Thing. What what are you thinking? Well, how we how we deal with the fact they're they're squeezing in on our well they uh, trod all over time. Halloween, right? Yeah, yeah. So. What could we maybe get going now that sort of st- stomps all over that so people are just, like, less excited for it because they're already having to think about the next worst thing? Uh, um, we start... We, we ruin it for them by making people start getting ready for for uh, Valentine's Day right. uh, yeah, on, yeah, on December yeah. 1st. You know, we encroach oh, no. on theirs. Well, I mean, they've been, they've been going... I saw first box of festive-themed uh, chocolates... Oh, really? ...in August. So, uh. you know, I I would say they stepped on our feet for two months, so I think starting now, even, we are being generous. Oh, I suppose, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, well, how about Easter? Can we get, like, eggs just everywhere? A giant, giant rabbit just kicks over the the big green tree, and you know. Well, I mean, as long as we lights. can have the eggs being like you know Halloweeny colours, maybe, so we can sort or of. Or they could do space. that thing like from Aliens, and they the eggs all open up, and then like big red dude with a beard just. Go, ah, oh, and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is the you know true meaning of Halloween, isn't it? In it, uh, well, uh, or or uh, what's what's even further from that? Could we do St Patrick's Day? Can we do like a big St Patrick's Day festival now? Like next? Can we organise it next week? End of November. It's before you know they've really got into the swing of things, and we'll just we'll secretly go into all the shops and we'll. I don't know, like, steal all the mince pies and replace them with whatever happens on St. Patrick's Day. My understanding is a lot of alcohol. Oh, I I thought it was about, you know, making water supplies green. Could we make the water supplies green? I mean that is pretty spooky for we could for us it's 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 spooky slime for them. It's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I think that's a good compromise. Excellent. Yeah. We will start our plan to get revenge on Christmas. And soon it will be Halloween. Again! <laughs> so, what else have you watched? Oh, so much stuff still. <laughs> so much stuff. We watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. We did. That's a film I really want to talk about. That was about. like the week the strike started, wasn't it? Uh, it was real early. It definitely was. Because I remember that was when uh, you were going around on, on Twitter telling gaming sites, be like, hey, be yes. more cautious about your content yes, of they... pizza controllers. Yes, yes. Um. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film uh, with a gorgeous art style it's to beautiful. it. It's um, beautiful. It's not quite um, across the Spider-Verse type stuff, but... It, it's similarly creative, and I like that it's not just doing the same thing that like the Spider-Verses yes. did. Yeah. It's, 
It's very exaggerated. It's got a bit more like single art style as well. Yeah, generally, it, it's got a bit more like texture and grunge. I think to its its uh, animated look. Yeah, like, it's got like that half tone shading in a lot of places. Um, yeah. It, it feels like a very, like, dirty part of the world, but also, like, manages to be really rich and warm and colourful in so many places. Yeah. Like, April being, like, wearing that, like, big yellow jacket a lot of the time. Mm. And, like, there, there are huge pops of colour all over this. It, it's, it's good for ADHD brain to watch. Yes. Uh, and good, good pacing throughout, which also helps with the ADHD. Like, it was very snappily mm. paced. Um, so much happening a lot of the time. Yes, there is a lot happening a lot, and that level of overstimulation was great. Mm. I think we did sit there going, we've got through a lot of enemies in this film. Oh yeah, no, they're <laughs> leaving nothing really on the table. Um, I, I, I think the big thing that we both agreed on walking out of this was, um, I don't know any other piece of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles media that makes the the turtles feel this much like teenagers. Agreed. Like yeah. actual teenagers. Yeah, like even like I haven't read much of the original comic books, but that feels very like like they they were trying so hard to capture the gritty grim dark. Admittedly, they were trying to parody it as well. Yeah, but then obviously you've got the like nineties cartoon show, which felt like a nineties school drama show where all yeah. the teenagers are twenty something. Yeah. Possibly like, 30 something. Like these felt like they were like 14, 15 year olds. Yeah. And, you know, there there are places where maybe the dialogue's a little cringy for my taste as an adult, but I'm like, that feels authentically like I can believe this is what teenagers are like. Yeah. And I'm not gonna judge them for that. But it- and and maybe I'm old enough that I I wouldn't spot something like this, but it didn't feel nearly as weird as something like Hella in Life is Strange, the, or the <sighs> first first volume of that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I I think I think that film did a good job with its like comedic pacing. Mm-hmm. I think they had a very interesting villain. Yes. Um, I can understand why a lot of characters in that film would side with that villain given yeah. the situation, and I I think they do a good job of playing that through to its conclusion yeah. um there, there are some really really good uh character interactions mm. um i really liked the the whole uh climax of that film <laughs> it was very silly but yes it was very silly but it was very silly but it was very sweet the way that all the various people worked together to yeah. make the ending of that film happen yes it no i'm not gonna say that it's, it's, it's a bit it will come off a bit spoilery but yeah. um Yes, I I really enjoyed it. It was a feast for the eyes, and I hope they get to do more with those turtles because yeah. I I think it was very cool and very funny and silly. And can you milk a turtle? I guess we'll find out. Oh no! Oh no! They're milking him. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, God. Also, there was some. There was a couple of really fucking good fight scenes in that as well. Yes, gorgeously animated fight scenes. Gorgeously animated. The the, whole, the the all the character design stuff was amazing. And um, yeah, like again, like I I want more unique art styles on screen. Mm. Like I don't want to be able to look at everything and go, oh, I know exactly which studio that came from because that's the one art style they do. Yeah. Um. Like I get that. You know with. When when you have an individual who makes an art style, yes. But when it's like this is the corporate art style forever, yeah, yeah. forever and ever. 
Like, get, yeah, do do more fun stuff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What else have you watched? Uh, we watched a film together this past weekend. Mm. Uh, we watched a film called Dream Scenario. <laughs> We've watched the shit out of that film, huh? Yeah. Um, so, Nicolas Cage plays the most boring, bland, does-nothing-with-his-life university professor on the planet. He is a man who... Never fucking does anything, and yes, uh, people a boring entitled white man indeed. And people start dreaming about him. Yes, um, and he gets very upset about the fact that he never seems to be doing anything in their dreams. Yeah, he's just like you know, you might be having a dream where like your friend was hit by a car or something, and he's just stood there like, "Hello, oh. hi." I'm Sorry, here. are you talking to me? Huh? Like, you know, not not like helping out or like worried about the situation. He's just sort of there in raking the background, leaves. not really doing anything. Yeah, like the one from the trailer is he's just standing there raking leaves while his daughter floats off into the sky. Yeah, and I I think I think the the spoiler free way to talk about this film is uh, initially comedy about haha I'm going to capitalize on the fact I'm popping up in people's dreams into terrifying horror film as people start having nightmares about this man. Yes, because this was billed primarily as a comedy and it definitely spends like half a film not being a comedy. It's it's a film that spends like half the film setting up setting up this character as not a good person but using humor to sort of like diffuse that a bit. Yeah, and um Hmm. I was going to say, it's got the vibe of Boys Will Be Boys, but it's more of a... Well, it's, it's far less harmful than what that generally means. That yeah. sort of like, oh, you... Uh, it's old granddad. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You, oh, you, you, you grumble about stuff and you're, you know, you're a bit entitled and so forth, but you're not actually doing any harm for the most part. Yeah. You're just entitled. Uh, yes, and it, it's him being like, I'm going to uh, take advantage of the fact this is happening and like associate myself with the weird man in the dreams and then when the dreams start going south uh he is now tied to that association because yes. he made that his identity and even though he's gone uh, been sort of linked to a, a publicist i guess you would say yeah yes it's it's very much a people start having very traumatic dreams about him and he can't convince them that it isn't his fault and horror spiral ensues yeah like so without being too spoilery, I mean, I think uh, obviously we have sort of talked about a little bit about the fact that it does go a bit horror-y, but if anything, I think that's a good content warning for this film. I, I, I... Because if you're not prepared for man gets beat over the head for far longer than you would have expected <laughs> in what was billed as comedy with a hammer... Yeah. I mean, I... I I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's a horror. I got that from some of the trailers, but... I thought it was going to be uncomfortable and a bit of a thriller. I didn't yeah. realise quite how hard, how long it was going to dwell yeah. on some of the things. And I, I'm not squeamish, but like, yeah. I just wasn't expecting it at yes. all. And I, I will say, this film, I, I think one of the things it does best is it, it is su- a superbly well done film at making you feel deeply uncomfortable. Yes. Like that is deliberate and by design, but it is... You have to sit in a very uncomfortable space. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think we've talked about this as well, that it almost feels... Like, the film itself feels like a dream. That yes. is also about dreams. Yes. And and how those dreams can change, and how those dreams can feel, and how you're left asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate, because we chatted for, like, what, an hour or so yeah. after the film? About, like, just, well, what just happened? What yeah. did we just watch? 
Yeah, and that even, you know, right right from the start, like, they do things like not making it clear visually when we're going from an in-the-real-world scene to someone's dream. Yeah, you just and have like, to wait for something a bit unreal to happen. Yeah, that kind of ambiguity is done really well in it. Yeah, no, um, no one was spinning a little spinning top on a table to check. Yeah, it is a fascinating film that is not for everyone. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think people who... I, th- I mean, I think there are probably a decent number of people who just be like, I didn't like it, and that's fine. Yeah. There will probably be a number number of people who don't want to ask questions about their media or... or Yes. It, and they will absolutely hate it. Yes. I, I think it walked a great line of how much it gave and how much it left for us to discuss. But yeah. I know some people are going to really not like that. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating in so many ways. The one thing I just couldn't get over for the longest time is I kept sitting there going, the film, I don't know what this was shot on, but the film grain is weirdly mesmeric. Right. There was uh, like an almost like cozy shot on um like what watching uh, a film on vhs on an old crt tv slightly fuzziness to it but also because it was so brown it had like an almost 1970s vibe yeah. almost like the world itself because it was about him and rotated around him largely was it, 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 the film was him it was his dream and it was everyone else was in his dream. He was dreaming that everyone else was dreaming about him, maybe. I don't know. But some of like the some of the like slow pacing, some of the uh like shots, like mm. s- some of the framing of shots, like the, the 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 scene that keeps happening of looking at the younger daughter's bed. Yeah. And it's sort of shot from a, like it's it's like the camera doesn't really pan around much in that mm. room. And so when you see it in her dreams, or when you see it, like, later on. Yeah. It keeps being, like, pretty much that same, like, boxed-off shot. And I don't know if that's just because they shot, like, all of the scenes <laughs> with one camera set up at the same time and just changed the lighting several times. Yeah. But, like, there was something slightly haunting about that. Almost, like, um, like, Shining-esque. Yeah. Of slightly weird shots. Yes. Or weird spaces, like, the woman at the publicists. Yes. Um... Like, uh, when you first see her dream, there's, like, these strings hung up around her apartment with, like, pegs on it. And I'm like, is what, what is this arrangement of of equipment? And when you get, like, there in reality, it's, like, she's hanging washing up because it's a tiny apartment. But also there's, like, random piles of books. Like, who, who lives in a house like this? This is, like, this is the weirdest decor I've ever seen. But then, like, the main character's house throughout the... Uh, is it Paul? Like, his house is this suburban, like, Home Alone-style, like... <laughs> it's, it's very ex- it's clearly a very expensive house. Or, mm. you know, that vibe of, like, oh, this is suburbia and we've, you know, we've got a decent amount of money because I'm a tenured professor and yeah. all of that stuff. And, like, there's a lot of wood panelling. And then later on, when he's in, like, hotels, they're, like, squalid little rooms and there's a lot of white and it's weirdly brighter than it needs to be and because of the the grain it's almost like got a little bit of a halo around it yeah <sighs> the whole thing is a little bit unnatural in all the right ways yep uh i have one last thing to say about this film uh i don't know that there is a film that has had as effective a maybe 90 seconds of comedy <laughs> to horror <laughs> the hard pivot from the last bit of comedy you're going to get for a while into the first bit of horror is 
it is emotional whiplash to the nth fucking degree. Yeah. Like, you you know exactly the uh, the two scenes back to back I am referencing. Yes, I, uh, I would say there are three things that happen. There is. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Bang, uh, bang, bang. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and I stuck with this so much that I think I've referenced it about four times since it's, that happened. It's it's a very it's it's one of the few times this film has a very clear dividing line between this is the end of this and this is the start. We're gonna of break this. some tension with a big laugh, but um, it's a, yeah. shit's about to go sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, a fascinating film. I I imagine I I I think you said this at the time. Like I want to in like six months' time see. Some like smart YouTube video analysis of oh yeah, uh, like some just picking this film. Yeah, just someone going through of... like oh yeah, here's scene by scene the the degree of film grain and therefore what that's telling us about the level of reality shifting and, and also like characters being reused in the back of other shots. Does that mean anything or is that uh, you know pe- yeah. people who understand symbology in films and and stuff. Because, yeah, like, it does feel a little bit arty. Like, I f- there's a scene where he's sitting in the lobby of the publicist, and there's, like, a video wall behind him. The whole scene is a little bit soft focus anyway. He's sort of, like, slumped sitting forward. He's he's not presenting a very strong figure at all. Mm. And behind him on this video scroll with a, a, a video wall in an almost slightly juddery scroll going up is just the word thoughts <laughs> on a brown background in this super 1970s font with a question mark at the end uh, or in in white and it was just like I've just seen that as a gift just an yeah. of just thoughts yeah. thoughts yeah like it's it's very arty uh. it feels like the kind of film that my friend who went to um, college to study media studies would be like hey you have to see this really fucked up film let's just sit and watch this and I'm like that was really boring explain it to me and he'd tell me all about like shots and scene frames and this is why I understand like understand some of the analysis things these days other things because we've still got stuff to talk about (laughs) there's so much to talk about we've been watching One Piece in various forms we have uh, Should we so, start with where I started, or do you yeah, want to? Yeah, let's going? start with where you started. Because we've already talked a little about the fact that you've been watching One yeah. Piece. So you, uh, we watched the live-action One Piece together. Yeah, we were like, oh, was interesting. We got nothing else going on right now. Should we watch yeah. One, uh, One Piece live-action? Yeah, That's so really well done. Yeah, so this is your introduction to One Piece as a piece of media. What, yes. what, what, what was your impressions of One Piece based on this? Um, I mean, it had, it, there were there were times when I could sort of be like, what, what, what happened? What mean? What what does this mean? How is this different from the thing? As someone who's now seen some of One Piece, which we'll come to in a second, <laughs> I think they did a really good job of capturing the character. Like I've seen pictures of Luffy before. Yeah, yeah. And I re- like Luffy's like I've I've seen like um, people cosplaying Luffy at, yeah. at Comic Cons and stuff. So I was like, ah, Luffy's finally wearing the shirt or, or whatever, <laughs> or um, like anything like that. I couldn't have told you any of the other characters. Yeah, but like it felt. Like watching weird comparison, like Sin City, like I, they managed to capture yeah. comic book into real life really well without making it feel cartoonish or weird. Yes, it. I, I as someone that like watched through this in the anime first, I think they did a really good job with the the transition from anime to the show. Like they cut out a lot of things that 
to my understanding, ultimately don't mean a lot long-term. Like, the Mm. benefit they have is they made this alongside the anime creator who is a thousand episodes deep into making the anime and can go, yeah, that didn't really go anywhere, you can cut that, and, like, Mm. etc. So it's, like, it it is undeniably a much more streamlined way of going through the, the, the story, but I think that, like, they managed to not miss any of the what makes these characters who they are. Because, like, Hmm. You having now seen a little bit of the anime, yeah. these are fundamentally the same characters. I appreciate that they were less horny in the uh, um, uh, yeah in the um, yes in the, in the live action. The main difference is that Sanji is hornier in the anime, and Freakily they, so they tone him down. Um, I appreciated that. Yeah, he's not as bad as some anime horny boys, but yes. like he's definitely on the anime horny boy scale. Yes, he's, he's season one Brock. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but like. I think large... So, to talk a little bit about like, my, my thoughts as someone who watched the anime, there's a couple of little bits here and there I think are done better in the anime that I I, I was a little disappointed didn't make it to the, the live action. Yeah, you talked about um, like Usopp's whole setup, which was something you had gushed about me, gushed to me about Yeah, before I'd if, got anywhere near it. If there's one bit of the anime that I would recommend is worth going back to see, it would be Usopp's introduction. Because, mm. like, so for anyone who doesn't know... Uh, One Piece, bunch of little lovable pirates. We talked about him before. Um, There's a character called Usopp, um, who is like the sort of sniper on the team. And in the anime, his story is sort of focused on. It, it, it's basically the same as in the in the live action. He's got a, he's got Boy a fr- cried wolf. Yeah, he's got a friend. He tells he tells stories to that are not true, but she can't go out and see the world because she's ill. And his sort of tall tales keep her, you know, feeling like no she has something. Yeah, keep her feeling like she has a connection to the they outside world. I haven't made world. a snail for that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but in the anime, at some point, Usopp realises that a, like, a bunch of pirates are coming to attack the village and come kill her. Uh, he runs into town going, the pirates are coming, no one believes him. He goes to tell her, she doesn't believe them. And the way that that's sort of resolved in the anime is... Usopp goes back out to where those pirates are coming from and goes, I'm terrified, but I'm going to fight them off by myself if I have to. Because, like, if I if 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 in the morning everyone in town believes I'm a liar, that's my happy ending because it means that those pirates never got to town. Mm. I, I prefer... They, the people were at least yeah. alive to think me a liar in the morning. Yeah, if, if, I would prefer that they live to think me a liar mm. than me fail here. Yes. And I really like that. And a little bit of that is good emotional gut punch, which I am yeah. learning that this show does a lot of. Right, um, and like a, a little bit of the, like he doesn't get that moment of I will like he doesn't have his whole little if the village thinks me a liar that 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 means I've I've been mm. successful speech. But like if that's the only thing I can really point at that like I I you know I liked more in the anime, I think largely their cuts are like. Definitely for the better. Yeah. Um, Speaking of cuts, the fight yeah. scenes in this are amazing. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I have appreciated how long... Like, they're not long, long, but, like, the fact that you can go more than a couple of punches, or more than a single punch, even, and, like, there is a good, solid couple of seconds of a shot of action that you can follow yeah. people moving around and, and, and stuff happening. And sometimes with the power- camera panned, like, decently far out, because you're going, like, well... Luffy's doing something, and Naname's doing something, and Zoro's doing something yeah. over there. And the the stunts are largely being done by the actual actors, meaning that you can have like 
a wide shot of action that zooms in and you see the f- face. They're not having to do cuts that like avoid you seeing the face because it's a stunt actor. Yeah, that pike jump over someone bending over was just really impressive. Uh, yeah, and I think like largely the stretchy limb elements um don't look as out of place as i imagined they would yeah i'd like they they don't dwell on them for too yeah. long um they they're moving swiftly enough and there is enough suspension of disbelief yeah i think the thing they largely do well with like luffy's stretchy powers in terms of like making them look alright in the anime uh, in the live action is they very quickly move through the stretch animation and hold the the frame like do held poses yes. at like the apex of a stretch and then quickly come back in. Which is perfect for something that comes from a manga. Yeah, it's it, they use those held frames to like not dwell on the the, the most CGI obvious moments. Mm. And I think they do very effectively with that. Yeah, I think they, they ah. do a great job with it. And the, the character design, the ship designs. Oh, the practical ship designs. Yes, I appreciate how much practical stuff in there, in there yeah. is in this. Can we talk about the fucking snails? Because the snails look great. Oh, the uh, the Henson Company snails. I didn't realise they're Henson Company. Yeah, they're Muppets. Like I, yeah, but I heard people say they were Muppets. I just think, yeah, yeah. you mean puppets, but no, I didn't no, no, actual Henson. Henson. Oh, wow. yeah. but yes, then. Yes, communi- the one with the moustache. <laughs> yeah, so communication in One Piece is done via communication snails that have little faces, and they look sort of like the people who own them, yeah. and they just sort of chatter away with their little teeth. To, like, pass on the messages. Yeah, and it sounds like the per- the person who says the thing. Yeah! It's, it's like, an adorable thing. And, like, and obviously I hadn't seen any of the um, yeah. anime at the time to know the, like what they looked like in, in the show, but I am so glad they went with a practical effect rather yeah. than a CGI, because I think that could look really naff. Yeah. I think I think they did a really good job with a lot of practical things. Like, um... The, the makeup and, uh, mm-hmm. like, the hairstyles and things for, like, these very elaborate anime hairstyles that they make work and not look out of place. Yeah. Oh, the fishman. Um, oh, the fishman makeup like is, the, is... the nose on the, um, the I can't remember, Arlong? Yeah, yeah, Arlong, the sort of shark-nosed, um, fishman. Um, is it like a swordfish type, yeah. um, thing? Like, uh. that, yeah, that is very cool. Um, the gills as well. Oh, yeah. Um, there's that whole scene at Arlong Park with the, the fight going on there. That is, like, fantastic all the way around. Yeah. I, one thing I like as well, as someone who'd been watching the anime first, is there's a lot of things that are introduced early in the anime, that, uh, early in the live action, mm. uh, that aren't introduced that early in the anime. Yes. Such as a certain relationship between two characters. Oh. Uh, apparently doesn't come up to like fucking 400 episodes into the anime. Ow. Um, but they do a lot of like, bringing characters in earlier and having them be like in the background of scenes so that mm. like when you see them later, they're, they're sort of like, oh, I remember them. Uh, one that I can talk about because I know this from the anime now is uh, the first time we meet Zoro, he's being someone uh, with a number seven on him is trying to recruit him into some organization. Yes. And Zoro's like, you should have sent someone with a higher number if you wanted uh, wanted me to join. Yeah. That is presumably the big villain of uh, villain Second group of season, of season yeah. two that wasn't introduced in season one in the anime, but in the live action, they're like, we'll set him up now so you I remember guess them you later. Can do that when you've got a thousand yeah. episodes of, of content to yeah. set up and, and foreshadow. It's the, it's the second draft. You get to yeah. do second draft shit. Honestly, this feels very director's cut in the mm. best kind of ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I think it's a very, very good telling of that story that yeah. captures what what had me intrigued by the anime, which is this this group of people going off on an adventure that are glued together by a ball of 
by the autistic friend who's yeah. like, no, we're all friends now. The the overly sincere, overly uh, the the very uh, the very sincere, very optimistic autistic friend. Yeah. that's just like, yeah, I but we're friends though. Yeah. What, what? There's a social rule that says we shouldn't be friends for some reason. Nope, never heard of it. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> we're friends now. Yeah. I <laughs> um, fucking um Kobe. Oh, Kobe. So, <laughs> Kobe's another character that isn't so much of a de- big deal early in the anime, but they bring, you know, a bit earlier in the live action, and I think completely for the better. When you um, showed me that picture of Kobe, it's like, this is what Kobe looks like in the anime. I was like, nope, perfect, perfect casting choice. Yeah, the, <laughs> Kobe might be the best casting choice in this whole thing. Um, he He's perfect. This grumpy little lad for who's who's had his mind filled with propaganda about the yeah. Marines. He's having to, to go through his arc of maybe maybe the ocean cops aren't all, all that good and, you know, how do I try and exist as a good person within this system. Yes, but also, like, they've made watching the stuff with the Marines more interesting. Yeah. Certainly, like, as the series has gone on. At the beginning, obviously, I'm obviously very... Ah, oh, fuck the cops. Fuck the cops. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but that that whole thread of what's going on with uh, Kobe and the captain of that ship yeah. and um, that one dickhead from the first episode <laughs> uh, with the bad haircut, just a whole fascinating thing. And yeah. we watched all of that. We really enjoyed it. And, I, and then... I thought we hadn't quite finished it. I think we had like two episodes left, and it was like we need to dye your hair. Yeah. So we sat and watched like three episodes of One Piece. Yeah, because I I was finishing the Arlong Park arc in in the anime. Yes. As we were like halfway through the Arlong Park arc in the the live action. Yes. So um, that was your first taste of the anime pacing. Yes. Which is definitely a little slower paced. But we don't get giant sea cows. Yeah, you uh, Momu, the big the big, the big ocean cow. It's a big cow. Yeah, like there's one other character you've not seen the I haven't seen the duck either. Uh well that I haven't be... seen the episode where Se- the duck yeah, Season 2 season it, yeah. 2 would get sort of get you there. Um I hope they do a practical duck as well. I hope so too. I hope everything is pra- as much as possible is practical. We'll get to Chopper in a minute. I hope they do a practical puppet yeah. Chopper. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so I I I had sort of like continued on with watching the anim- the anime and now we've started watching the anime together <laughs> kind of. Yep. Um, but I don't feel like I, you know, I feel like I understand relatively yeah, what's you, going you, on. You didn't. Miss... I don't know where this princess turned up from. But I, the, the the gist of what <laughs> what you missed is they went up a backwards waterfall. They made Match. friends with a whale. Okay. Um. They they uh they met they two me- giants. Yeah. Uh, the the main th- the main thing you missed was uh that organization with all the numbers. They're trying to they're trying to kill this princess to like cause a civil war to, to get worse back in her home country. Um. So the straw hat crew is like. Cool, we'll get you home. That's about all you missed. Okay. They they went from there to the island with the gi- giants on it. Mm. So she, she's trying to get home. She doesn't want a civil war to ruin her country. Fair. She's trying to get home quick. Fair. But yeah, we've been watching some of the anime together. Yeah. Um, we've we we've mainly been watching the uh, the Drum Island arc. Yes. Which is uh, uh there's a snowy place and Nami was ill and we met Chopper who is. Perfect. Chopper is the the goodest, and and let no one hurt Chopper anymore. Yeah, Chopper's had quite enough. Thank you very much. Chopper, Chopper, I would protect with my life. 
Every time there's a new crew member introduced, I'm like, okay, I love you. Come into the family. You're perfect. You're good. Um, adorable friend. Yeah, we, we the the episode we watched tonight. I just sit there going, and um, and this was this was uh, purchased by four kids as a four kids thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah children's show for children. Yeah, for children. For seven seven year olds, for, for seven maybe. Yes. Yeah, as trauma. As, trauma, as, trauma. As, as Luffy tries to carry two of his friends up a sheer cliff face with his fingers covered in blood. Yeah. Scraping down, fingers scraping across the, the rock face. Yeah. It's for children's. For children's. And then the, 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 the man, man die. Yeah. Because the, 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 um, young chopper was like, I, I can do a science. I heard about a science. I did a science. I, I, I can find you a medicine. I can help you. Oh no, it was bad. Oh, oh no. no, I have murdered you and now I'm responsible for your death. I will and I be must... a doctor now. Now I must discover all of their medicines. Oh. Ah. One piece. One piece is really good. One piece is really good. How much more one piece is there? Are we gonna run out of that too? <laughs> uh oh we've we've got a lot of one piece okay. ahead of us. Yeah, so where where let me look at the one piece website to be like, roughly how far are we in in terms of like numbers of episodes of the actual anime? Like Because I think the last number you mentioned was somewhere around the seventies, but that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh eighty eight. Uh okay. so we're we're about we're coming up on we what would be one like... one tenth of the way through. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I think, like, the the live action covered about the first 60 episodes. So we're, we're a little little past there, but uh, we're, cur- we're heading to a place called Alabaster, which is where that princess is trying to get to. Yeah. And I think that's, like, where season two probably ends is we get the princess back and whatever happens there happens. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of these arcs does One Piece have English dubs of? Okay, um, One Piece, I think, in English can get us up to about 270 episodes in, currently, so that would be about a quarter of One Piece. Oh. At which point, if we're still watching and still invested, maybe we just watch full-length episodes. Yep. Like, at that point, okay, fine, you got me in, I'll, I'll watch... Uh, as long as it's not the uh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, w- I will say, there was there was a couple of random episodes that One Piece didn't have in Season 2 that I did watch. And, like, Season 2's pacing's definitely better than Season 1's was. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've they got their act a bit, a bit more together. But yeah, One one Piece, I'm, I'm pretty invested. I'm going to watch all fucking thousand episodes, probably. It's gonna happen. I I I I was gonna just barrel through it. Now I'm like, I guess I guess we're watching One Piece now. Oh no, I'm sorry, I slowed you down. No, I'm okay with slowing down. I I I didn't want to. I didn't want this to be a thing where it's like, I want to watch One Piece. I'm going to force you to watch it too. <laughs> I, don't, if, I like anime. Yeah. Well, it's a thousand episodes long. I wanted to know if it was good before I tried to. <laughs> I didn't want to bring you into this if it was going to turn out not to be good. Um. So yeah, we're watching One Piece. And it's good. Yes, it's good. Uh, so on the subject of pirates, <laughs> yeah, um, and season twos, um, our flag means death happened again. Yeah, it did. Yes, it certainly managed to recover from how season one ended. I needed. A there season- were a lot of questions there. I needed a season two. S- season one being the only bit of that show we got would have broken my heart. Yes, understandably, things are a bit ropey at the start of that. <sighs> emotionally for certain characters it it felt like look season two was lovely but it did feel like it was a almost the whole season was was being taken to undo the ending of the last season yes and all the damage that involved yeah it was season one's ending did damage we're trying to get back to the status quo was a lot of the season 
And that's yes, not while also damaging in different directions. Yeah, and that's not necessarily bad. It was enjoyable to watch, but it's like it it's, felt slower paced than the first. It thing. had less forward momentum. Yes, I. I, I think because it had to sit with emotions for a, a, yeah. a while. I, in the way that I watched season one and was like, I need a season two. Mm. I finished season two and went, I'd be perfectly happy if it finished here. Yes. Season season one, I was like, oh, God, I, yeah, no, you, you, you can't, can't do, do this. this to us. And season two, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Se- yeah. Season one, we had our drunken, we, we drank a bottle of plum wine and got very <laughs> gay. And then we're like, you yeah. can't do this to us. Uh, season two. I'm I'm okay if this is where that story ends. It would be a lovely place there to end. There were some very lovely moments in it. Yeah, I'm curious what if if they're planning to do anything else with it because it felt like they'd left it in a position where there there were plans, but also like a huge amount was changed, and I don't feel like it would be anywhere near the same story if they tried to do any more of it. Agreed. It feels like certain characters will have to just. Be left behind. I I kind of want character development to to stay. Yes. Uh, and stay what it is. Make it about the crew. Yeah. Some other things to rattle through because there's still things on this list. Are we doing um, sequels? Should we do Loki season two? Oh, we can we can do Loki season two That's quickly. season. Also slower paced. Yeah. Also didn't feel as good as the first season. But oh my god, that finale. Yes. A similar problem. It felt like a lot of this season was kind of going in circles, sorting the end of last season. <laughs> but that finale was fucking phenomenal. Yes. It it was like um it, it was a middle like it was above average, it was okay, season two. The finale fucking saved it. Yeah. Made it worth watching season two just for that fucking finale. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, like I that that is a, a show that has amazing, beautiful sets. Yeah. And as opposed to the first one being like rush, 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 rush through all of that there was a lot more, we're going to have, like, quite quiet, moody, like, slow panning shots of no sound of, like, someone running down a corridor in oh. slow motion. <laughs> yeah. In, like, this weird retro-futurist, Baker-like yeah. future um, bizarreness. Like, weirdly, some of the stuff outside the TVA was some of the weakest bits of the series, but absolutely needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, a lot of the things we expected didn't ha- might happen, didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I I guess the question of what happens with uh, Jonathan um, Majors <laughs> is still open. Yeah. Uh, and and Disney didn't want to go. We have an out. We can take the out now. We'll, we'll uh, yeah. wait and see how the trial goes. Yeah. I mean, it really felt like if they were gonna uh, put an out to uh, Jonathan Majors as a king, this would have been the place to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, if we set the whole thing up for, for Phase 5, we've got a lot of these irons in the fire, and then someone was like, you know they finished shooting this, like, last spring. Yeah, but they haven't been afraid to do reshoots on other things. Yes. Um... Mm. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. What, what else, what else uh, on the list? I'm going to try and rattle through some things. Get it! Because uh, I've still got things on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched in a cinema Heather's The Musical. Yes. Um, how do that I... That was ex- more traumatic than you thought it was going to uh, be. It was, it was fantastic, but it is intense. Um, if you are interested in it, content warning for discussions, fakings of... Uh, attempts of suicide. Suicide comes up in a lot of different contexts in this film. Yes. Uh, or this musical. So, the gist is, 
Uh, there's this oh, uh, this girl called Veronica. She's in high school. She just can't wait for it to be over so she can get on with being an adult. Hates the fucking high school dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these three girls that are like very popular and sort of seen as untouchable called the Heathers. Uh, they're all Heather with various different surnames. Vanessa becomes uh, useful to the Heathers because she's very good at forging signatures. Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, be one of our friend group because you are useful. Uh, and it, it's got real when turfs support the right wing vibes. It's the we're about to have the, sh- the tigers eating my face. Yes, uh, it's ending, um, aren't we? I, I'm going to side with these people who are horrible to everyone they don't like because if I if if I be if I sidle up to them and make myself useful to them, they'll come for me last. Oh no, the leopards eating faces party ate my face. Yeah, it doesn't. How wa- could this happen? I've been so useful to them. Yeah, it in doesn't helping their rise to power. Yeah, it doesn't work out long term. She gets a conscience and pushes them away, but they're like, "Hey, we're gonna make your life hell because you, you know, walked away from us and aren't useful to us anymore." Nobody leaves the family. Yeah, but then we get to like the the sort of actual plot of this film, which is new kid. Uh, new kid moves to school and he's sort of dark, brooding. Uh, like he's the sort of goth, goth in the trench coat type. But he's, you know, he knows a lot about poetry and like he he's, he's he reads a lot of books and he's mysterious. And uh, at one point he's he, you know, gets into a fight to protect Vanessa. And she's like, I like the idea of intellectual, mysterious brooding man who will, you know, get violent to defend me. Mm. Um, and they start a relationship and then it kind of becomes the story of this uh, kind of violent teenagers escalating brutality. Okay. Um I, I'm trying to. I feel like the best way to talk about this is to just talk about I mean, some. The head cons- is like ancient. Yeah, I, I feel like not. talking about some some like broad narrative spoilers is the best way to like talk about what makes this film interesting. So the Heathers are being terrible to Vanessa. I, I forget. I forget his name. The uh, the shitty boy in this film. Um, he he basically starts trying to kill off the Heathers because, long story short. His mum committed suicide because his dad was a shitty, horrible person to his mum. He's internalised that as, if someone's being horrible to a woman in my life who I don't want, uh, who I love, and I don't want that woman to kill herself, I should, I should stop by all means necessary the people being horrible to that woman, which in his head means I should start murdering anyone who bullies Vanessa. And he does so in a way where he, like, makes Vanessa complicit in the first murder. Ooh. He pours, like, a bunch of, like, bleach or something in a cup uh, that he hands to Vanessa to be brought to, to Heather. Uh, Heather doesn't know it's it's bleach in there. Would you not smell um, it? Uh, there's a whole convoluted thing going on. Okay. I won't get into the specifics. But basically, accidentally poisons Heather not knowing she's doing it. And he goes... Oh well, you get you get you handed her the thing that killed her. You're complicit. You've got to help cover it up. And so like, he knows what he's doing is wrong. Oh yeah, he knows, but he's getting her complicit in it so that like she has to be like. Now we have to Bonnie and Clyde this. Yeah, shit. we have to Bonnie and Clyde this shit, and it goes to like murdering a couple of jocks and like faking a suicide note so everyone thought they were uh, secret gay lovers who committed uh, suicide together, and Ugh. he sort of justifies it by like. In some cases, positive outcomes are happening as a result of these deaths. Like, a bunch of, uh, like, homophobes in the community, including, like, the dead kid's dads, end up being less homophobic because, oh, we need to be less homophobic because it drove our uh, sons to kill themselves. And, Uh like, 
initially he's trying to portray this as like I'm doing an altruistic thing. The community is better because I killed these horrible people. Right. And so, because it wasn't immediately consequences, it was like ah, it's, so it's actually a good thing. It's, it's very Death Note. It's very light in Death Note going I killed this bad person. The world is a better place for those deaths. If crime and goes, in this case, I'm actually yeah. seeing this the, yeah. dramatically be the if, case. If a cri- if if future crimes don't happen because I murdered a bad person, that means I'm a good person. It escalates to eventually I'm going to blow up the school and Vanessa having to uh, stop this occurring. It is fantastic. It is intense. It is a fucking lot. It is an absolutely spectacular musical. My my favourite thing about it, I think, like talking in vague terms, is there is a song that turns up early on and is used late on, uh, late on, called "Dead Girl Walking," and it it the first time it comes up is "My social life is over. I'm a dead girl walking." Like it's very melodramatic. It's I'm going to get bullied at school probably. I'm I, I'm acting as if I'm like you know I'm still alive, but I'm basically dead now. Toward as a teenager full of em- uh, emotions and it, hormones, it can kind of feel like right, that at the time right. when you and have no other perspective. It's, it's not out of place for that song to be about that in that setting, but it's brought back up at the end when Vanessa is like, "I am willing to die to stop you. I'm a dead girl walking. I am going to act as if like I'm dead already. I don't care about the consequences to me. I just have to stop you." Mm. And like that sort of. Uh, very flippant way of using it at the start and like very like much more literal serious way of using it at the end is like a really good use of a reprise in a musical mm. oh there's some great musical numbers in it um there is there is one musical number that is uh clearly a product placement for 711 <laughs> i feel Which japanese 711 or naf american naf american one oh. i feel bad that i was emotionally <laughs> affected by the 711 product placement song <laughs> Because it is a song about a kid basically trying to numb himself emotionally about his dead mum, and it's kind of an emotionally moving song that happens to be in a Seven Eleven. Okay. The 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 thing the thing that the the the, the justification for product placement song is dad keeps moving away, uh, like moving to somewhere new before I have a chance to make any connections. Seven Eleven is a constant. It's, it's something, always a Seven Eleven. There's there's always one of these yeah. wherever I move. It's a thing that is consistent in a life that is not. For a product placement song, it weirdly got me. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, and, and as as someone who has befriended at like army brats in in yeah. my youth, like I and I get the whole like uh, everything is different, and I keep having to move all the time, it's... and it's a struggle to have any kind of constant. It... It's but these days there's a Starbucks on yeah. every high street it's, and they're all the same. Yeah, it's it's the most justified a product placement has felt, yeah. despite being a bit in your face. That, still, that is an interesting idea. Yeah. yeah. Right, I was gonna wa- I was gonna raffle <laughs> through these, but Heather's. I just had too many thoughts. Um, uh, I saw a film called The Creator. It is it is a absolutely fucking mess of a confusing film that is not very clear in its own message of what it's trying to do. But it has some impressive scenes and some like nice emotional connection. But also, oh, is this it's, the one with the uh, robots? Yeah, it it has some moments that are interesting and some some neat ideas. But ultimately, it feels like a not particularly great um, trying to tell a story about war without actually telling a story about war. It dances too much around the real topics it's trying to be commentary on. I saw what else? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always. This was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers new <sighs> film that happened. Um, with several, but not all of the original Power Rangers coming back to do a new adventure. 
Yes, this uh, was the one that came out just after um, Thingy died. Yeah. Which was made particularly weird by the fact that it's about one of the other yeah. Power Rangers having died. Yes, so the film is about... Uh, yeah, so... The film is about um, Trini, who was the original Yellow Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. In this film, the Yellow uh, Trini, the Yellow Ranger, dies at the start of this film, and it is about like the mourning and grief and loss of her okay. of her death. Yeah. Um. In in many ways, and it, the timing made this film feel really weird because it released just after Jason David Frank, the original White slash Green Ranger, had committed suicide, and it. It's one of those that he's not in the film. He 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 did not agree to be in the film because of some some arguments with the creators. Yes. Um. And his lack of presence in the film and lack of it being a film about him having died makes for a very weird tone. Yes. And I realise, like, it was obviously very far along when that happened. There was very little they could do about it, but it doesn't change. And there certainly is yeah. like a, like, um, here's a like, in memory of, in, like, yeah. just before the credits roll, but it, and I think maybe watching it six months to a year later, it would, it will feel very different. W- watching it when it released felt very weird. Yes. But it largely was a, a fun uh, Power Rangers story that, like, the tone of the presentation was exactly where it needed to be. I for... captured my Morphing beautifully. Yes. The only place where it didn't, and it was oh. really disappointing, is the final fight with the big Megazord on the moon is CGI, CGI. and that's really disappointing. It's, it's a shame, because like, the, the slightly naff CGI had been perfect for, ooh, here's a lightning effect in a few scenes, but not to do a, 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 a practical fight with a Megazord at the end really just... Oh, it felt so bad, and the CG is so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, come on, even the Mighty Muffin, Muffin Pounder Rangers gave it more effort than <laughs> they, that. They had practical Megazords, right? right. Um, <laughs> um, Guardians of the Galaxy three. That was that was during the strike. That sure was another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I mean, that, that was a that film was two things at once. It was a sort of comedy space adventure. And was also a very serious, grimdark look at the realities of animals being treated poorly in oh, factory God, yeah. testing conditions. And that. Yeah, that was fucking gut gut wrenching. It was. It was a lot to go back and forth between like, ha ha ha, Drax doesn't know turns of phrase, silly goofy uh, ha, ha, action. Ha, Chris Pratt is is sad about his girlfriend that isn't his girlfriend. Yeah, because that's sometimes how reality did. Yep. Uh, and then you're like, oh yeah, here's, here's Rocket Raccoon. Uh, in a testing lab. In a testing lab with a bunch of animals that have had like bits of them replaced, talking about how they're going to escape from this testing lab one day, and they're going to get out and together. They're gonna the and they're finally going to make their escape. They're going to see the sky, and they've all given themselves names, and and they, they finally break out the cage. I wanted and- to see their movie. That would have been great. <sighs> right. Fuck. Honestly, that whole arc of the film... Fantastic, but a fucking lot. Yes. It was incredibly, like, sensitively handled for Mm. such a heavy topic. Yes. And I'm glad there was some positive ending, Mm. but there was some real fucking brutality in that section. And um, also, maybe I wasn't paying as much much attention to the trailers, but it felt like a lot of the advertising for that was like, oh... Star-Lord's sad about Gamora, Star-Lord's sad about Gamora, and 
so much of that film is about Rocket's backstory. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's the here is the cruelty of animal testing that led to Rocket being who they are, and them now trying to emotionally deal with having basically been a lab animal. Yes. And the trauma that that imparts. Yes. It's fucking gr- gr- great if muddled film. Like yes. those two, the two halves of that film don't often mesh. Yeah, but I do. I felt like the comedy landed better in the third one than I th- felt like it had in a lot of the Agreed. previous ones. That Agreed. hallway fight is also very impressive. Yeah, which I'm very rarely saying about Marvel movies. Yeah, I think the big, the big climactic, dramatic set piece sort of ending mm. section, I think, largely worked quite well for yeah. for for a ensemble piece that was splitting off into so many subgroups. Mm. They made it work. Yes. And now, please, no more Chris Pratt. Indeed. Um, I think I think we can, can maybe leave it there. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Okay, one other thing. Every, I think every the uh, the uh, there's two things, but I think one of them I think we can probably wait until because I'm gonna get you to watch the thing as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that another time. Um, the only other thing that I would mention is Good Omens season two. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, yay. Fascinating, fascinating story. Um, also, between um, uh, Good Omens season two and uh, Loki season two, Liscar is just the administrator of all higher powers. Yes, the interdimensional <laughs> administrator. <laughs> um, um, she does it well. That story was fascinating. R- really captured that sort of Pratchett-esque I... vibe of yeah. Interesting details and like weird things and slightly silly things, but also rooted in a, a, a very sort of human story. And that yeah. fucking ending. It, ah! There's a lot of reasons I would say this, but Good Omen season two emotionally is Our Flag Means Death season one. Yes, hundred percent. In in terms of a lot of arc comparisons. Yes. I need a season three of Good Omens in the way I needed it. <laughs> Our flag means death. Season two, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, fucking ripped my heart out. I, I love know. it. I love it. Yeah. I, absolutely. Like Good Omens has hit its stride in season two. Like yes. it was. Uh, where a lot of the shows we've been talking about today, we were like season two a bit more like a bit le- less focused than season mm. one. Season two of this is more focused than season one. It, it knows it, what it wants and it fucking goes for it. It made me realise I should probably read more Neil Gaiman because I it really captures that vibe of like the kind of weird, sometimes rooted in reality, sometimes metaphysics, um, and sometimes like religious type stuff that I really used to love reading. Obviously, Terry Pratchett books, but also, uh, is it Tom Holt, I think? Um, oh, Here Comes yeah. the Sun? Mm. That sort of like person caught in a um, uh, fucking Duck Gently as well. Yes, that, yes. I don't, I don't know, I guess it's just fiction, but... Um, no, 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 I know what you mean. That particular that... type of fiction that's a little bit comedic, yes. a little bit over the top, a little bit exaggerate something yeah. we all know about the world, yeah. but we're, also trying to explain yeah. something in a silly way. We're blurring the edges of reality in a comedy. Uh, like, we, we've got, like, one little conceit of how the world isn't how you think it is. Do a silly adventure. And and at, at a low level where it could have all have happened, you don't know. It's it's so background stuff, you wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Bible story in season two oh. was... Uh, was it Job? That that whole thing was yes. fantastic. I 
Yes, it was great. Um, and yes, one hundred percent, definitely, absolutely need it. I think that's that's all the things we're going to talk about. I think that'll about. do because I don't know how long we've been going. <laughs> that was. That's two hours and fifteen minutes, and we've got skits to record. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's spoilers for that's, how this show gets made. Yeah, that's skimming a few things. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go. We're in the pocket of time where we can talk about things at the moment. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's that's a bunch of media we consume. Yes, but also support your union and make exactly. sure they make sure they 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 get the best in, possible. Indeed, maybe that is fair and yeah. reasonable. Uh, hey, we, we're going to be fully in support of the unions if they say we're not happy with that deal. Go back to striking. We yeah. will fully go back and, to and not if that happens that before Sunday, you might not hear this episode yeah. for a really long time. Yep, yep. We will. We will see where we're at in a few days. Yes, it's currently the fourteenth of November, twenty twenty-three. When yeah. will this episode go up? We don't know. Hope, hope, hopefully, you get to hear. Hopefully, this, one. this Sunday we'll see. Yeah. Um, well then, um. Yeah, time for this. Time for this. So, we have invented a uh, incredible new AI technology that yeah. I think we are ready to share to the public. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we've invented um, public transport that people will have to pay for that yeah, will um, yeah. be, you know, less effective than... Buses, trains, we have reinvented the airplane. We've reinvented takeaway food. We've reinvented the the taxi cab. Uh, We've even, you know, managed to get AI uh, DMs for uh, like tabletop games. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, person who's there to punish you, but it's an AI. What about an AI Dom? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I present for you today the AI Dom. Oh. P- put it like a prompt in, see what happens. Okay, uh, uh, uh what do I, what do I, what do I type in? Oh, what are you into? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Oh, uh, uh what for I tell you, uh, I, I've been very naughty. <laughs> you have been very naughty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been very naughty, this is a terrible idea. What's a terrible idea? This whole thing, this AI. What? Nobody wants this. This is pathetic. This is possibly the worst thing ever. Oh. You are just a silly, silly little boy. This is possibly the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. This is never going to work. Well, I thought... No, you didn't. You didn't think at all. All you looked at was how could you make the fastest possible amount of money using other people's work but but no 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 buts you're a worthless waste of space i feel like this was a bad idea i'm gonna turn this off don't like this anymore well i can't go home yet my tesla's still charging now low do you have skin woman Uh, uh, yes your skin could look nice in a good product. New product for skin. Yeah, is that so? Mm. <laughs> yes. From the people who bought you purrs for make heart do better and feel calmness <laughs> and relaxation, <laughs> we bring you butt in your face. I, I'm sorry? Mm, kitty butt in your face. You know how sometimes there is cat butt in your face because I, I'm standing on you? I'm aware of that. Cat butt in your face. People will look at your face and they will just see an adorable cat. <laughs> I guess they would, yes. Exactly. So, therefore, 
Do you look better? If they cannot see your face, they will instead see Cap. So, Cabba, we're trying to make you look better this whole time. Why do you keep showing us away now? I don't want Cabba in my face. Cabba, it makes you look better. <laughs> don't make me smell better. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, mate, mate, I have I've realised that I was very happy to have one extra hour in bed that one day. But it <laughs> really has just thrown me off for like the rest of the month. To yeah, be my, bo- my body ain't caught up with the memo that it's no. supposed to move its circadian rhythm. No, because I'm, you know, I'm still waking up early, but I'm exhausted because I'm still trying to go to bed at the same time I usually do. So ultimately, I am getting more fatigued as a result. You, you, you managing all right, mate? Oh, you know, I'm managing, I'm managing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm currently uh, currently trying to ride the uh, the wave of excitement and then tempered excitement around uh, the uh, the end of the SAG after stri- strike or the tentative end of the SAG after strike. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I'm, I was um, very glad to see that they had, uh, you know, finally uh, reached an agreement uh, as far as uh, as I was reading but, uh, you know, slightly concerned that what I read almost immediately after that was the whole, um, oh, this was the very last day they could hold off. Otherwise, there wasn't going to be a next series of television and or films. Yeah. No, the, the next season was basically fucked. Yeah. It, uh, so here's the thing. I don't want to be too doom and gloom about it because yeah, yeah. there is there is an awful lot, uh, it seems, in, in the deal that SAG after managed to get with the AMPTP yeah, that yeah, is yeah. very, very, very positive. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that they have managed to secure, like, uh, some transparency around streaming numbers and yeah. a streaming residual structure and a lot I mean, of... it isn't impossible after all this. Right, yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, a lot of these big things that, like, will make... Uh, people who are in streaming shows or shows that get sold at streaming sites actually able to make a fucking living out of it. Yeah, because like, for the longest time it did feel like a lot of the streaming stuff and, and the pivot to more heavily around streaming and indeed why every single production company had to have its own streaming service yeah, it was, was about, oh, he, 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 we, we roped all these actors in and, uh, and put all their, their yeah. uh, residuals around, you know, uh, cinema sales and, and, and stuff around yeah. that and what... What we've now done is, no, no, everyone's watching at home, lol, we yeah, make all the money yeah. and you make none of it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, there's a lot of places where a lot of wins are. And before we get into, like, the problems with the AI stuff in, in the current SAG after a deal that's been voted on by union members, there is a lot of positives around, you know, the new contract stuff with AI. It has gotten agreements, as I understand it, and this is still sort of being dug through, but that, uh, you know, a person's likeness uh, cannot be used, uh, you know, to make an AI recreation of them without their consent. Uh, their, their sort of like uh, motion capture data cannot be used to make AI, you know, actors without their consent. Right. Their voice and likeness cannot be reproduced without their consent, etc. Um, you know, and if, if they are used, they have to be properly compensated for it. Every single time the AI likeness is used, not just like a one-off thing. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of positive-sounding stuff, but there are some important caveats that uh, are not sounding great. Uh, the main thing, as I understand it, and I'm trying to summarize it as best I can, is uh, if you were to part, like, let's say you would never given permission for your likeness to be used by AI, right. and you died tomorrow, uh, your surviving family. Uh, would be the first people in line who would make decisions after your death about 
you know, whether they consent to your likeness being used used in AI. Is um, that specific wording, or is it next to kin? It's, it's, it's next to next to kin. Oh, but, right, yeah, right. it's it's uh, like your your next estate would have your the... estate. I believe is the. Uh, the uh, the word in. You'd like to generally hope that your next of kin would have your yeah, best for you. But the point being that, like, let's say you're a child actor and you you oh, are yeah, like yeah. you know or, you you're adamant you never want your likeness after your death to be used. You don't want AI recreations of you after your yeah. death. But your, fam- your family decides yeah, to exploit you forever. Yeah, they decide I'll sell off your your life rights again and again for money after your death. I'll puppet your corpse around. You like you can't. Uh, the current yeah. version of the contract doesn't allow you to go. I. Do not ever consent to being used as AI. I require uh, a digital yeah, DNR. My, 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 yeah, exactly. My 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 family or next of kin or estate do not have permission to sell my 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 likeness rights to AI. Yeah. That's not a thing you can do. And should you not have an estate for it to fall to, uh, I believe some of the wording suggests that the uh, SAG after the union would then be the ones to make uh, right. to be reached out to about using your likeness after your death, and that rubs some people the long way, wrong way that SAG might make money off your AI likeness after your death. Yeah, I, you know. I had heard some people saying that um, that the, it seemed to, that the union had been pushing for this particular um, contract to be the one that gets signed. Um, which, if if that is is the case, that they they seem to be able to benefit, that is deeply concerning. Well, I've seen some people who are reading it as, and and again, the union needs to be fucking clear about this. Yes, um, they need to respond is, immediately. Yeah, is the intention to be like, if those rights revert to us, we can say no on your behalf, and like, it's it, it, we've made it clear that like, let's hope that yeah, you know you can make that, your yeah, thoughts known that you can go. The uh, the rights, if you have no family for them to go to, will land in a clear place that can, you know, say we'll just no automatically give a no. Yeah, whatever. but like you know, if that you know if that's the case, great. If it's because they want to sell your likeness after your death and you can't say no, that's yeah. not fucking great. And there's a lot of there's there's I want to be clear, there is a lot of pretty huge huge fucking wins in this this version of the contract. Like if this does get agreed on by the union and people vote for it. The industry will be in a much better place for for actors than it was, right? But it is not where a lot of people in the union ideally wanted it to be on the AI point, and it it would not be the most surprising thing in the world if we do end up going back into a, a SAG after strike, right? If if this does not go through, yeah. and if that happens, I'll, I will be very clear, like fucking show that same level of support of not crossing the picket line if it goes it goes back in because my worry is that you know if another strike happens because they weren't happy with this deal that people are going to go oh well, we already did the strike bit was that not enough and people are just going to fucking yeah. ignore it and cross the picket line and it's like you've got yeah, to keep yeah. that energy up if we do go back into yeah. the strike it, especially since the studios have admitted that this was the last possible moment to uh, stop everything from going wrong for their next season of money making yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah hopefully you know ho- hopefully that uh, hopefully something can be worked out things can be clarified and uh, you know a-, a deal can be struck that and, is yeah. fair to the people doing the fucking work yeah and to be clear if there's a, n- a like a vote of no from the union on this contract that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to go back to uh to to a strike, you know, uh, the 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 finer points of this are still being hammered still out back and forth, yeah. yeah, between SAG and the uh, AMPTP. So, if this gets like you know a big a big no, maybe that will be the thing to go. Okay, we come back to the the uh, studios. We got we got to yeah. we got to change this, but yeah, and hopefully they will be slightly less dismissive 
at yeah. this time. Yeah, hopefully being able to say, we will fucking go back on strike, don't test us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we are serious about it, yeah. but... I hope I hope the actors get what they want Absolutely. and that the, what they get is is it works for them yeah. and because for, fucking well good power to you the you know the strike you've shown here and yeah. hopefully you know you've got a lot of wins hopefully you get all the wins you want and everyone's largely wins, happy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely mate about time the money went to uh, the people doing the work and less into the yachts running things yeah <sighs> fancy hug, mate oh yeah. <sighs> Yeah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Right, I might go and put a film on. Oh, sounds lovely. So, Laura, yes, we're done. We're done. We did it. We We talked about all the things. Would tell us about more things. Tell us about like your book and stuff. Oh well, I I can tell you the audio book. Yeah, well, some of the stuff I'll save till next week because we only did stuff we watched this week, but. uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Blue Sky, Mastrodon, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills as little as a dollar a month. Allows me to do the things I do on the internet. You can get uh, Stories of Autistic Joy. It's out now. Uh, Gender Euphoria. It's an audiobook available November 28th. Uh, eight hours and nine minutes of me reading stories from myself and other trans people at you. If you want, like, eight hours of me... This was, like, you two... You read along. Yeah. People wanted to read along for the longest time. And exactly. Now they That's the thing you can do. If you struggle with, with reading without listening, or you just need to be able to listen, you can do that now. Gender Euphoria, 28th of, of November. Hell yeah. That's, that's pretty soon. Ooh. What about you? Where are you at on the internet? Um, I have a link tree. It's linktr.ee slash janiac, uh, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find things I write and make music about and all that good stuff. And, uh, you can find this podcast and all sorts of other shit. The t-shirts I design, the music I make. And, yeah, you can find, uh, all of my stuff linked, uh, at that link tree. And also you can help justify all of my terrible life choices and the reason I work too hard at patreon.com slash stonemonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me quit my day job so I can make things for you uh, full time and also actually get some rest and, and look after my health and shit you deserve that rather than just trying to just constantly do the things uh, all the things all the time uh, Laura what do you see yourself please darling until next time be a stranger <laughs>